Welcome to the comic book episode of Pulp Fiction, your favorite movie podcast. Spoilers, obviously, on this podcast, like we've talked about before. Um, I am your host, Brandon Rabar. I'm joined, as always, by my colleagues, Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jameson. And this week on the show, we are going to talk lots of comic book movies. We are going to review... The number one box office sensation, Ant-Man. And we are going to count down our top five favorite comic book movies of all time. Now, that doesn't mean just superhero movies. Any movies based on comic books, we're going to count down our top five this week. But jumping right into the show, without further ado, let's get into Ant-Man. Imagine a soldier... The size of an insect. The ultimate secret weapon. If you give godlike powers to everyone, it's gonna be chaos. So how do we stop him? I know a guy. Scott, I've been watching you for a while. You're different. And I believe everyone deserves a shot at redemption. Do you? Absolutely. My days of breaking into places and stealing stuff are over. What do you want me to do? I want you to break into a place and steal some stuff. Makes sense. Are you ready to become a hero? Now, the suit has power. You have to learn how to control it. And these are your greatest allies. You're kind of cute. Whoa. When you're small, you have superhuman strength. You like a bullet. So you need to know how to punch. You want to show me how to punch? Show me how to punch. That's how you punch. You tried to hide your suit from me. Now, it's going to blow up in your face and destroy everyone you care about. Scott, get out of there! Did you think you could stop the future? You're just a thief! No, I'm Ant-Man. Starring Paul Rudd as the title character, Michael Douglas as Dr. Hank Pym, uh, Evangeline Lilly from Lost, and um, let's see here. Oh, the director was Peyton Reed, who also directed Yes Man, Bring It On, and The Breakup, three comedies, which tells you all you need to know about you know what Marvel was looking at as far as uh, what they saw in Ant Man the movie. Jacob, we're gonna go around and just give our first you know initial thoughts on the movie as a whole. What did you think of Ant Man? Um. Okay. So uh, overall. I thought it was just an okay movie. I don't think it's Marvel's best movie by far. It's simple in nature. It's basically about it's basically a heist. So, you know, it was fun. But I don't think it it has a lot of the kind of great elements that we've seen in some of their other movies like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and mm-hmm. things like that. Fun and funny. I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, a lot of laughs in there. Maybe right. almost too many. Uh, but it was kind of fun to watch how it kind of went in and out of uh, being a little man and being a big man. Right, and, yeah. You know, uh, you know shrinking. Because... 
you know, I can only think of a couple of movies and I've only seen one of them, you know, so like the incredible shrinking moment. And of course, obviously I think the three of us probably have all seen uh honey. I shrunk the kids. Right. Yeah. So it's always kind of fun to see characters in those elements of what they're going to do. And coincidentally, I guess there's an aunt and honey. I shrunk the kids too. Oh, I forgot That's about true. that. Oh yeah. I totally forgot about that. So for that matter, it was fun, but you know, I, I thought the movie was just kind of okay. Um, it wasn't my favorite. Um, didn't hate it at all, but, um, yeah, it wasn't my favorite. Okay. Rachel, what did you think overall of the movie? I pretty much agree with uh, Jacob's assessment of the movie. There wasn't anything that really stood out to me. I, I, I didn't hate it nor love it. I didn't feel like I got as many laughs as I thought I would Right. out of it. Uh, of course, Paul Rudd, though. I, to me, he made the movie. And usually I'm not a big fan of casting bigger stars in superhero roles. Because mm-hmm. to me... I look at them and I know that they're a big star and a lot of times they can't act well enough to to take me away from that. Right. You almost need a clean slate for a superhero because you're playing right. a hero and that's who you want to see and right. not the actor. Exactly. That's why Tobey Maguire I thought was a good pick for Spider-Man because nobody knew who Tobey Maguire was at the time. So anyways, uh, that said, Paul Rudd I thought was <laughs> redeeming. Uh, I thought he he was the best part of that whole movie. Was just that it was Paul Rudd. Yeah, I, I would agree. My initial thoughts. I think I liked it slightly more than both of you guys did, uh, but I pretty much enjoyed it basically as a comedy. I did dig the "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" type of effects. It was a lot of fun to see, you know, regular size things blowing up uh, like we did, you know, back in the Rick Moranis heyday. But, uh, yeah, and Paul Rudd was obviously the best thing about the movie. I mean, he, he can make anything funny. He can take a movie that, you know, a movie like Wanderlust, Wanderlust and make it watchable. It really wasn't And My Idiot money. Brother. My Idiot Brother, yes. He saved a lot of, yeah. I'm not saved, yeah. but he's been the best part of he's a lot of He's just naturally funny. He's natural charisma. He does. Yeah. He's so, and he doesn't even really have to have that good of material. He can just... He's one of those guys, if you're sitting around, he would make you laugh. He's so likable. He is. And so, you know, there were a lot of lines that were just, it wasn't even, you know, great dialogue or anything like that. Just a lot of his reactions to other characters and things like that made the movie really enjoyable. But it was fun. Here's what I think. I think they did the best they can given how lame a superhero Ant-Man is. I mean, I just think that he's a pretty (laughs) lame superhero. I mean... Uh, you know, he gets small, which is obvious, you know, all right off the bat, kind of a knock against him when your biggest superpower is to get small. And I, I can never kind of wrap my head around the fact that, okay, so I, I get that he's a lot stronger when he's small because the power of the ant and all that stuff, but, it, but he's still small and then he gets big and punches. It was this weird, this in and out. I never could kind of wrap around like, so why is he so powerful well, they threw a lot of science at, you, at us they in this did. movie, and uh, it was it was over my head, right? And uh, and I was just kind of forced to accept some of the rules dealing with right. molecular, right. yes, um, whatever you call it. And then they had ants <laughs> quantum doing, realms and things like that. And then they had ants doing so much, and I'm like, well, I mean, this guy Michael Douglas kind of a superhero just from the fact that he can talk to ants. I mean, I I, I kind of had a hard time with that as well. Besides the fact that they were doing so many like heroic things, and in my mind, I'm like these are just freaking ants. You can just step on them, like regardless of what you have them doing. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, you do kind of close your brain off because it's a superhero movie in a way called Ant Man. But because of Paul Rudd and because of the effects, I enjoyed it, and I just kind of I think that you guys maybe 
because we've been so spoiled by Marvel movies, they, you know, double is actually really good movies. And this one doesn't quite as much hold up to scrutiny. I think I kind of turned my brain off more and just enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm actually with you on that. Um, But I was kind of annoyed by the writing in the movie. That thing, that's what kind of did throw me. Why I said, when I found out that the director was was also directed Yes Man, Bring It On, I was like, oh, well, that kind of puts it a little bit together. A little bit more corny, (laughs) a little bit more cheesy. Right. Um, I saw that in the movie, so... You know, I still like you know characters like Michael Pena. I thought he was great. He was in funny. It. He was the second um, best part of it. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Evangeline uh, Lilly. Yeah, she's a hot. And um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just I, I don't understand why Hollywood hasn't picked up on her more. She hasn't gotten bigger roles because talk about someone who is perfect for action type films. Right. Um, she Kate, is. Kate Beckinsale. You know, she did all the. Yeah. Um, all the Underworld, Underworld series. Yeah. You know, th- I think those are kind of rare to come across. And, yeah. and, and to me, Evangeline Lilly's perfect for it because most people just know her from Lost. I think she was one of the only good characters on that show and um, and the Hobbit series, you know, well, which you know, well, her role was kind of silly in that one. But, oh, the blonde guy, that he's the only other good character as well. I, I couldn't stay in uh, Lost. I thought it was are a terrible you serious? Show. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to do Terrible a whole show. separate other podcast I didn't even for finish that. watching the, the last season. And ah. side note, I hated Evangeline Lilly in that show. Really? I hated her. Really? Yep. Yeah. Well. Well, I will say this, if you don't like Has that carried over to her other movies or just her character? Just her character. Okay. I had nothing against her in this movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah and she, she was fine in the... She, she's good she because was she's... way more qualified than Paul Rudd was for the role. Well, she, <laughs> well, because she can pull off action, she proved in Lost. But she's also got the look. She's pretty and she can do action and she's a capable enough actress... To... I didn't love her character in Ant Man though. You didn't like her. I, I, like her. I, I, I didn't, actually I didn't her. like her hair in Ant Man, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that goes along with the comic book character. So you know, I understand why they did that. Yeah. But you know, you can say the same for the Black Widow. Her hair has changed throughout the movie. So if you want to get down to like you know particular things, they didn't have to make it look so god stiff. <laughs> what, what didn't you like about? She seemed I mean, really whiny about everything. I want to wear the suit. I want to do it. I'm going to do it. She just, she kind of got on my nerves a little bit. Like, you can't be Ant-Man. Do you know who she is going to be, though? Yeah, she's Wasp. Wasp, okay. Right, so that's that's fine. I I just thought she was whining about the whole, like, oh, I don't like him. I want to wear the suit. Why won't you let me wear the suit? When it was really obvious why she couldn't wear the suit. Not just because well, yeah, she was, can't be Ant Man, but obviously her dad was trying. Oh. Obviously, her dad was trying to protect her. That wasn't like right. some big reveal or anything right, like yeah. that. Like well, if she uh, would have thought about it for two seconds. Yeah, I agree with that. And Paul Rudd, even like his character, was even like, I mean, it had to occur to you, right? Like he even said that line. Right. It's kind of obvious why he doesn't want you to do this because you'll die. I didn't really have a. I see what you're saying though. She was. She was kind of whiny. Yeah, I didn't was. like hate her. She didn't make me dislike the movie or anything but i was just like man this chick is whiny about everything hmm. i didn't bother I think me. the bigger issue is that jacob didn't like any of the characters in lost <laughs> the great thing. if you didn't like the characters in lost you're not gonna like the show because that's the greatest thing about lost that's true and this is Kate may be my least favorite character from Lost. you didn't like her either huh I, I i i liked really most of the characters i didn't really hate kate but i mean she'd probably be like 25th on my list of favorite characters. Yep. We're going to talk about Lost later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's funny. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, Ant-Man, you know, it's, it's, I think Marvel did a good job. Here's what, here's what happened. They're like, crap, we're at the bottom of the barrel of superheroes, but, you know, we know if we spit anything out, cast Paul Rudd as the lead, 
and put the Marvel name on it. Right now, it's going to make a couple hundred dollars. So let's just do this thing. And so I think given the fact that you're working with Ant-Man, I think it was about as good as you could have expected. Got like $27 just sitting in this room. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Now, would you guys want to see if Paul Rudd wasn't in it? I will say that was. I mean, no, I, still, see, I still would have saw. Yeah, I mean, any, I think I think that's the thing. I think it's we're a all, superhero movie, exactly. so you have to see we're it. All, but I wouldn't have been like, "Ooh, I really want to see this." I'll be like, eh, "I guess I have to see Ant Man." Exactly. But I they mean, still get their money either way. We're, so. we're just we're just programmed now to see every comic book superhero movie there is. They can put up. Well, I mean, they're going to the tie them all together. We have to know. Yeah, we do exactly. I will say one of my favorite parts. Speaking of time together. Spider-Man finally got a shout out in a he Marvel did. movie. That was pretty. I, I gotta did. say, it was probably like the most exciting part of the movie to me. Even though it was just the very end, and, and I'm wondering even because you know it was it was announced recently. I'm sure it was almost like a reshoot. Like, hey, let's reshoot this or or whatever. I'm sure they just had to like two in, takes, probably because they knew that it was probably in the pipeline, possibly. Right. But you know, mentioning we we got guys that. You know, swing and crawl up walls. I was thinking of I got, so many I got a little chubby. I got uh, a little spotty chubby. I was thinking of so many different uh, – because well, they, they blasted through about you know five or six descriptions, and I kind of just totally missed the Spider-Man deal. Oh, did you really? Yeah. yeah. Until later on, I realized that, you know, I heard it from someone else. But Oh, uh, yeah. That was uh, – it was – I mean, it was obvious to get fanboys like me a big, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Get us excited. Chubby. Yeah, I didn't want to say it twice, so I'm glad you said it that time. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I don't really know what else there is more to say about, about some him. the characters. I mean, like, oh, yeah. Corey Stoll as the I was gonna um, say, yellow jacket. He used to be brought up. I don't know if either one of you have caught, watched any of House of Cards. I yeah, I have. Has. I watched the first season. Yeah. so it, he, it, was, it was good to see him in something else. I mean, he's yeah. done some other movies, but, I mean, I don't know him in, in anything else outside of House of Cards. Right. Um, honestly, I thought his character was really one-dimensional. It was. Which is another Marvel problem they have with most of their bad guys outside of Loki, you know. Um, right. And so it's like, what were his motivations? They were pretty silly, I, I thought. And yeah, uh, what what really were his like? Because he because he, he, he was, was jealous just, that he he was obsessed with Hank Pym's right. creation, but Hank Pym wouldn't tell him. He, yeah, yeah, it was, it was like weird... he was denying it. So he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna figure it out. That'll yeah. show you." Yeah, and listen, like, Marvel, y'all gotta figure out a way to quit. Throwing everything back on Hydra. There's got to be other bad guys out there. Yeah. So if he sells his suit or whatever to <laughs> that's, Hydra, that's, that's true. so cheap. I mean, I'm sorry. That's true. So, but I mean, I thought I thought he was okay for what it was, but that's more on the writing, maybe. Yeah, I think it, um, I think the the right the character how it was written wasn't so great, but I think the actor himself was fine for the role. I mean, I, if you we really have to think about Edgar Wright because he was supposed to originally do this movie. You all know right. that, right? Yeah. Okay. And he's still one of the writers, right? Like, yeah, he, was, he, he, was, he yeah. was a writer. And so was uh, he, his other, let's see, Joe Cornish, who has also done other movies with him, like Hot Fuzz. Right, okay. And, uh, well, Attack the Block, but um, I know, maybe Edgar Wright was a producer on that. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, which, by the way, have you all seen Attack the Block before? Yeah, it's yeah. a fun movie. Good movie. It was fun. Really fun movie. It's right at that kind of same alley as a lot of Edgar Wright movies. Anyway, I think there were missed opportunities with kind of shrinking and going in and out of those worlds. Maybe because they were relying so much on CGI, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, kind of to kind of do it. Um, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm being overly critical because it was still fun. That's the point of the movie. But yeah. you know, when you think of, I, I'm always going to go back to Guardians of the Galaxy because that was another fun movie. But I mean, I think every element in that movie worked 
Whereas, what was the difference between that and this? Because that was basically a comedy as well. Well, they had a lot more characters to work with with a lot better powers. Yeah, Yeah, probably so. so, Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think think the the only charismatic characters in this this movie are Paul Rudd and and Michael Pena. Because I don't really know if you can say that for Michael Douglas. I know you can't say it for Evangeline Lilly. Yeah. You might be able to say it for the other two minions, like yeah, T- the, T.I. the and, Russian was and, he a Russian or Austrian dude? Yeah, that was weird. Maybe he was like that in the comic books. I, yeah, I, I don't that know. Was so I was, random. It was random um, and almost too cheesy for what right. for what they were going for. I thought right. David uh, Dastmalchian is his name. It's not too often that you rob a place and they get welcomed back because I mean, we just robbed you. You know that he was arrested for stealing a smoothie machine, right? Two smoothie machines. Are you sure they can handle this? Oh, we can handle it. We're professionals. You'll forgive us if uh, we're not instilled with confidence. Well, hey, everybody, just kick back and relax a little bit, man. We know our business. We broke into this spooky-ass house, didn't we? I let you. Well, one could say that I let you let me. Look, it's okay. They can handle this. Yeah, we can handle it. You got their credentials? He's in the system. I'm in the system. In the system. The system? Yeah. We're doomed. Wasn't it kind of weird to see a really good actor like uh, Bobby Cannavale just kind of being a, a side, dad. a dad? Just being with a like, dad. Because he's such a good actor. He's, well, he's I don't been know like, much he's in outside of Chef. I, I mean... Uh, he's been a chef. He was on um, Boardwalk Empire. He's, uh, he's like okay. a trained, big time... Uh, he's really good. Tony, I like, like him a lot. Like a theater actor. Oh, okay. He's been in a lot... Like He, he can really, really act. So it's just kind of strange to me. But I guess it makes sense kind of as a, this is kind of his first big, big movie... I suppose. Yeah, and he was good uh, in it, you know. He was. It was just kind of odd for me to see. And and also kind of weird to see like a guy like uh, John Slattery from Mad Men just playing this he's been Tony Stark. He's been, he's been Stark. Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Oh, uh, you're Tony right. Stark's that's dad. Right. Yeah, Howard, that's right. Howard, I was like, what's his Howard name? Stark. That's right. Yeah, that's he's right. been and, Howard and, Stark through movies. the whole thing. So yeah, he was in there for like five seconds, but that's because yeah. that's, that's who right. he is. Um, I completely forgot that. Well, what'd you think of this scene that had Falcon and when he was kind of breaking into I like that I thought it was fun that was pretty cool and once you saw that he was going you know that this warehouse was actually the Avengers place you're like oh he's gonna run into somebody who's it gonna be but yeah, it was fun. And it was kind of a cool I was, moment for I was wishing we had a little bit more than, than, than just Falcon. Falcon. But I think maybe but. from that standpoint, I thought it was kind of cool because Falcon's never got to kind of do his own thing. So it was yeah. kind of cool mm-hmm. that he got I like they gave him a little love. Yeah, yep. exactly. And it may have had more to do with like, oh, we don't want to give Robert Downey Jr. another $5 million for a two-minute scene. <laughs> right. uh, or Chris Hemsworth. That's but I true. But but I thought it was cool just to see because Falcon hasn't really and had a time also to shine. Put, that was fair. Like, I bought that matchup. Yeah. Yeah, so if it would have been if one it was of the Thor superior, or something, then yeah, I would have been, been like, <laughs> "Oh, you're dead." I really you're am thinking dead. about that too because if Ant Man's going to join this Marvel universe and supposedly join the Avengers squad, you know, if if you put him up against some of these other characters, I he get destroyed. He's going to get his, he's gonna get his ass kicked. Yeah, he will he get would, absolutely, absolutely destroyed, squeezed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and it's they're kind of going the route of oh, if you're a Marvel character, you're going to be in the Avengers now, and I and I see why they're doing it. And and it's fine. You can you know kind of stem off from the comic books and create your own story. They can do whatever they want. It's obviously working. But it is kind of weird now that like if you're a Marvel character, you're going to become an Avenger. I think it's sort of strange. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's, it's just different from the comic books. Like, I mean, is Howard the Duck going to eventually be an Avenger? That would be awesome. That would be I a really hope idea. that that happens. <laughs> yeah. If Ant Man can be an Avenger, then Howard the Duck can be an Avenger. <laughs> well, okay, so I, I want to bring up real quick, and I, 
I'm going to fumble on these words, but the whole scene with the quantum realm, I thought that was probably the most fascinating part of the movie. I don't know if it's because it got all abstract on us and whatever. I think it was the most confusing part of the movie, but go ahead. Definitely so. Well, that's actually why I had this printout here. Oh, that cool. I because, I, I, to get, uh, because it explains a little bit of it. Some of that also has to do with Doctor Strange. Even I heard a little bit even with Captain Marvel. Oh, and really? so it's going to kind of link in with the quantum realm. Okay, because I saw this with my brother, and he was asking me about the quantum realm and what all. I was like, dude, I, I honestly, I was, he's like, well, you know, Spider Man didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah, I exactly. Don't know I, don't, it. I don't know, dude. Um, so this article was written by uh, Eric Eisenberg on, um, oh, Cinema Blend, and so I'll just kind of, I kind of highlighted a couple uh, pointers, but. In the end here, he quotes Kevin Feige where he says, if you look up the study of quantum mechanics, when you get down to the small, as Hank Pym says, space-time is meaningless, and there's a lot of that stuff that applies to Doctor Strange. So this is sort of an appetizer for, if you think this is weird, wait till you see Doctor Strange. Uh, I see. And then, um, as our article goes on, it says, later in the interview, he added that the existence of different dimensions is essentially the whole crux of Doctor Strange, and that we will find, sorry, and that what we see from Ant-Man's quantum realms is essentially the tip of the iceberg for the stuff in Doctor Strange. Hmm. And this is a, a little bit longer, but I want to read all this. Sorry. All right. Well, Kevin Feige didn't explicitly say it during our interview. There's an explanation how Ant-Man shrinking down to small winds up leaving him in what is essentially an ultimate dimension. It all comes down to the fact that when Ant-Man goes down to insect size, it's actually physically impossible that he is reducing his mass. Instead, there's an idea that what the hero is really doing is sending elements of himself into an alternate dimension, or as we call it, the quantum realm, when he shrinks down to be small enough to fit between molecules, what essentially happens is that, more, is that more of his physical existence enters the quantum realm than what is in our world, which is what we see portrayed in the third act of the film. Now, I don't have a clue what to take away from that, yeah. but all that language applies. Sounds like a lot of that's going to apply to Doctor Strange, which I would love to see how they explain that in layman's terms for kids and yeah. you know yeah. regular people when Doctor Strange comes out next year. Yeah, they're going to have to dumb that down. <laughs> yeah. Think of a way to exp- because this was confusing enough, and it was freaking Ant Man. So I don't know how they're going to like once they got to they talked about the whole subatomic and and all that and and I honestly had no idea. To me, I just in my head translated it like. You know, when people would transport in Star Trek, it would kind of pull them apart and send them somewhere else. So to me, that's how I related it, is if you get too small, then you get pulled apart. And then he's into another area that he can't get back out of. I didn't know the quantum realm was a whole Doctor Strange thing. To me, that's just the science of it, how it worked. Like, if you get too small, then you just kind of break apart. That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what I thought. Man, you should have written that article, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And to speak just a little bit further on some more of the confusion of how a lot of these mechanics work. So those discs that right, Ant-Man yeah. was throwing, like, they just so quickly said, oh, here's this. If you throw this at someone, they'll either shrink or they'll explode. Yeah, it's small, yeah. And it's like, it's like, whoa, wait, what? Did yeah, you like understand that at all? I thought that was so... That made no sense to me. Well, yeah. Again, see, and this is where I did... I knew that going in, I was going to kind of have to turn my brain off because it was Ant-Man. Right. I, I just kind of dealt with it. But yeah, if you actually... And that was the deal in all the other Marvel movies. Things like that would be better explained and there would be a science behind it. And, well, you'd be able and to if that's the thing that was... If the, the one that enlarges, if that's what's going to save him or you know bring him back to a regular size, get him out of the quantum realm right. area... You would have figured they just would have put a little bit more time into explaining explaining it. it. I, I mean, it really well, it was, was such a, a big quick key. scene. 
yeah. um, when they said, hey, oh, here's, here's these also. And it ended up being such a key thing later on in the movie. It did. Yeah. I didn't really find myself questioning it, though, because it's a comic book yeah, movie right, and it's yeah. Ant-Man, and I didn't really read a whole lot more into it than, than what was put right in front of I me. I mean, if, if that would make someone shrink, why don't you just throw it at someone at yourself, Ant-Man, and then right. that will make you right. shrink. Right, yeah, right. instead of the whole suit thing. Plus, so, plus, it was kind of funny, like... Like, oh, this is going to revolutionize everything. Like, oh, and here are these dumb little inventions I made that are just kind of throwaway whatevers. Yeah, they make things huge or small. Yeah. And, I mean, and like, then, boom, like, that's what saves them at the end of the movie. Right. It was just kind of funny. They were like this throwaway, oh, by the way, I guess I invented these dumb things, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll take a step back from all the quantum mechanic physics whatever talk. Um, I thought the the scene at the end of the movie where they had the fight in his daughter's bedroom was kind of cool. Honestly, what was so nice about that is that they didn't blow up an entire city. Yeah, yeah. And, just, and it was I just agree. the bedroom yeah. and a yep. train set. Yeah, that yep. was kind of nice for a change. And it yeah. was pretty funny, actually. It was. It was fun. The whole to end it on the Thomas the Tank, Thomas the Train scene was pretty. It was fitting for Ant Man. It was. I yeah. thought. Yeah, I really. I th- I thought it was a fun movie, and even the scene at the end, you know, when the family's sitting around. And he's kind of made his peace with the stepdad, and they've accepted him back, and all that. Like I, I think it was, you know, it was a nice, tidy little ending. And then you got the, you hear that he's accepted into the Avengers world. I enjoyed it. I think more than you guys. Did. I thought it was oh, fun. No, I, liked it. I just I liked didn't. It. I liked it. I'm just kind of picking it apart, just to pick it apart. But I, I yeah. mean, I'll, I'll give it like a seven, probably six That's or seven. That's what I. I'll give it yeah. a seven. I gave it a seven point five. So I guess yeah. we're. Yeah. I mean, it's getting an eight point on IMDb. Yeah, which is high. Uh, Meta meta score, the critics are giving it 64. So, but on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are giving it 80. So, yeah, I I honestly feel like that's high. But I guess it's one of those everybody's going to walk out enjoying it. I think most people are going to be like us. Yeah, well, I'd have to give it a fresh. Yeah. So, I mean, when you consider Rotten Tomatoes ratings, it's just do you think it's good or do you think it's bad? It's kind of hard to. Right. And I definitely wouldn't call it a bad movie. No, no, not at all. They were limited because he's a lame superhero. No, they, they yeah, took, that's they really took, what it comes they down took to. Kind of like Spider Man. Oh, don't <laughs> even snap. dare! Last, don't lost you even dare. And Spider Man, it's gonna be on. Seriously, want to uh, talk about my mom now? <laughs> uh, no. So overall, I would I would give it you know a, a seven point five and say well done for taking you know a totally lame hero and making it watchable. Yeah. So that is Ant Man reviewed by Pulp Fiction. And we're going to count down in honor of Ant-Man our top five favorite comic book movies of all time coming up. But before we do that, we're going to talk about, as we do every week, what we've been watching this past week. Whether that be movies or TV shows or just kind of anything that's going on in the world of pulp culture. Rachel, what have you been watching this week? Uh, I haven't watched a whole lot of new TV shows. Still working my way through. Brandon and I are actually watching American Horror Story. And we watched Freak Show first and then went back and watched all of them. So actually, we're on Coven now. What is Freak Show? It was the uh, newest It was season. the newest American Horror Story. Every do, do you know anything about American Horror Story? Not at all. We've, we've talked about it a little bit, but I didn't realize it's broken down into... Yeah. It's an anthology it. series, yeah. basically. And every, every season, you have a lot of the same actors. Some of them change, but a lot of the same actors, but completely different story time period in a way uh, like true detective in a, from a certain perspective yeah but it would be like true but detective, you said time period so time, yeah i mean everything can change but it's basically taking the same cast and the same theme a horror theme okay like the first season was called murder house and it was basically about 
a house where all these murders had happened and now it's haunted. Second season was Asylum. It was basically a mental institution where, again, you get some crazy people, some, some murder, some supernatural things going on. This season is Coven, and it's about witches. And then Freak Show was the most recent, which just got nominated for a bunch of Emmys, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Maybe I will check this show out. And I mean, Freak it Show sounds cool. They're, Freak Show is can... about a carnival, basically, of freaks. Huh. Heads up for somebody who doesn't like horror. It's actually it's legitimate horror for TV. Yeah, I mean, I, I, not that I'm like scared or anything like that. I well, just no. enjoy you know, guts and stuff. But like, if it's better than what's that stupid zombie show on AMC? Walking Dead. If it's better than it's, Walking oh, it's, Dead. It's definitely better, better than Walking Dead. It's a better then show. I'll, than then I'll check it out because yeah. I think that <laughs> TV show is absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's anyway. It's, yeah, it's. But we're making our way overrated through. Overrated. Yes, it yeah. is. It is yeah. overrated. Uh, we're making our way through Coven. We're about episode five ish. Yeah, is that right? And it might be my favorite of the seasons. Chapter, I guess. Yeah, I don't know exactly what to call them, but I think it's going to end up being my favorite unless they really screw things up here pretty soon. It's it's really really good. It's it's absolutely worth watching. uh, American Horror Story is, and it comes back this fall, and they just released a teaser. Uh, Lady Gaga is going to be in this one. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of strange, but it's weird. But they might work actually. They have really good (laughs) actors. I trust that she can act because they're. The actors they have are really strong. Yeah, I mean, like Jessica Lange's been in every season. Kathy Bates, uh, Sarah Polson. I mean, it's a strong cast. Uh, Dylan McDermott, Connie Britton. I mean, Zachary Quinto. Yeah, so it's it's a strong cast, okay. and and they keep about it seems like half of the cast goes on and does every single season, and then they change out the other ones. Some of them link together. And okay. the next season's going to be based around a hotel, kind of like The Shining ish. I'm yeah. guessing. That's it for me. Jacob, what have you been watching lately, or what would you like to talk about that's going on right, in the pop culture yeah. world this week? I told I told Brandon earlier that I um, haven't really had a chance to watch anything new, so I'm kind of still watching other TV shows. So I'd rather just kind of talk about a couple of trailers I've seen lately. Uh, one being the uh, the Revenant, which is uh, Alejandro Gonzalez. Can't say his name. Inaritu? Yeah, Birdman Dude is what yeah. I call him. <laughs> Alejandro Gonzalez. I just call him Birdman Dude. Who, you know, when he first came, when he first started directing movies, I mean, he was, uh, and more specifically, um, oh. Well, he bust out of the, like, he just, like, boom, like, didn't he do Amoros, Amoros Peros? Peros. Yeah. So he was already, like, the next big thing. Yeah. And then he kind of had a couple bombs with, you know, I like 21 Grams, but still, I a lot of people I didn't. liked it a lot, too. You know, yeah. Maybe Babel. People didn't like Babel. Uh, you know, well, whatever. Either way, this guy's got a lot of yeah. talent. And, of course, I mean, I like Birdman, and I'm assuming you Oh, know. I loved yeah. it. Okay. I loved yep. it, yeah. yeah. Birdman's... So, there's not a lot you can really say about The Revenant since it hasn't even come out yet, but check out the trailer. Really, really fascinating. It looks like it's going to be set like in an old kind of... I don't know, Wild West, uh, yeah, like, but up in Alaska. Yeah. I mean, what's the word for that? Yeah, what, like a, yeah, what, what yeah, would I you couldn't really that? get a grasp of where Here's you know, or when. In the 1820s, a frontiersman, frontiersman, Hugh Glass, there you go. set out on a path of vengeance against those who left him for dead after a bear mauling. Oh, dude, starring that Tom just, Hardy and Leonardo DiCaprio. Dude, it looks just awesome. the premise sounds <laughs> badass. But there's a, there's a shot where, where Leo's riding on a horseback, and the camera just stays on him while he's shooting. I don't know if they're Indians or Native Americans in the in the you know the danger. You know, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> It's just a really cool shot. It's a really cool shot. <laughs> it is. No, it's no. It, honestly, though, you sent this uh, trailer to us, the link to us. I hadn't seen it yet either. 
And it's just one of those, the talent involved from the director to the cast, and then watching the trailer. Like, it's one of those, you hate to say this without, you know, knowing what's... It just looks like a movie that's going to be nominated for Best Picture. That was one that, of the headlines that I read, is that yeah. Leo's already going for an Oscar. Yeah. Which, and so with, based do. on the trailer. You can tell. So, so, yeah. So that, that that's basically that. The, the only other thing I really want to talk about are the Emmy nominations. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think... A lot of these shows I haven't seen. I mean, Game of Thrones has the most. Looks like with twenty four. Twenty four. But I don't know what opinions y'all have of some of the Emmys that are going on. Well, uh, a lot of just, people think Mad Men's going to sweep because it's its last season. It's last season, but I, I just, don't think that it will. I yeah, like I, I haven't seen the last two seasons of the Mad Men, so I'm not people, caught up. People always say that about shows in their last season, but I just don't think it's the case. Like, what about Breaking Bad? Because it didn't, right? And I know you wanted it to. Yeah, um, like it, it. Well, it did it, win best. Did Brian Cranston ever get? Yeah. An Emmy? Oh, yeah. he got like three or yeah, four. Yeah, he got okay. a lot. Like he, yeah, he... Uh, Aaron Paul didn't get it the last year. I don't remember. But he didn't really deserve it. No, no, no. He didn't. He was too busy I agree, crying. I agreed yeah. with everything that, that well, they won. they just didn't won. make him a big enough character. No, the last season didn't involve a whole lot of Aaron Paul. Yeah, they, they always talk about how the last season of a major show is going to sweep. And I just don't... Here's I, the deal with Mad Men. They've won so many times. And even fans will tell you that the series just like dropped off even right, if they yeah. kept watching it the series dropped off it didn't earn it this season and it's got a lot of heavy hitters against it that's a really tough category it just didn't have the impact it did the first couple seasons right because right. of the setting and environment and things now like that. had had they been nominated this whole time and never won anything then maybe i can right. see them like rewarding them with that as yeah. like their final chance but i don't see that happening I, I think i think this is year the game of thrones finally comes through and wins you know it's it's do you all generally care about emmys and i do the Golden I do. globes like you do the you know academy awards i, do, uh, I mean to me the oscars is the biggest for sure i care the most about the oscars but i definitely do care about the emmys and golden globes especially the emmys because they're the more prestigious of the two yeah i will say though that i don't like the way the emmys do their voting process how is that i mean basically I don't know you it. submit okay so game of thrones you submit one episode, and basically all these people who are voting vote on based on that one episode. Now, obviously, a lot of people have watched all of the episodes of these Got shows it. and things like that. But let's say that I'm a voter, and I'm like, oh, crap, I haven't watched... American Horror Story or Masters of Sex or Homeland, but crap, I got my ballot. I got all these episodes. I'm just going to watch one of each and then make a decision. Like, it's not a very good way and of doing it. It will really hurt shows like The Wire, which yes. is considered one of the best shows, best dramas that there was. But based on one episode, you're not going to get anything out no, of The Wire with can't. one episode. It's such a deep series you have to get to know the characters if you just jumped in and some random episode you'd have no idea what was going on you don't know who any of these people are what why what they're saying is important right exactly. so it's hard it's hard but it's also you can't it's hard to require all of the voters to watch an Every entire show. season of all of the all or, there's no way yeah exactly so i don't so, know a better way to do it but it, it seems unfair to a lot of the really good deeper shows yeah and i'm glad you mentioned the wire because it was like famously uh, notorious for, I mean, they they were questioning, you know, the voting process because of the wire specifically for the reasons that you stated. Now, as far as this this year's nominees, uh, I do think Game of Thrones this will be the year it's, it takes it. it it's was a, far and away the best show that's nominated. Yeah, easily. I would say, well, I haven't seen everything, but I mean, it's kind of had the biggest fan following. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say that here. Here's something that's I I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was a little surprised at how well Better Call Saul did. 
Uh, now, this is me personally. I, I think it's one of those Breaking Bad was loved so much that it's just kind of riding the coattails. I thought it was a good show. I didn't watch it. Uh, I thought it was a good show, but I don't think it was quite good enough to be... Then again, I guess maybe nominated. Here's, I guess here's my enough. question on it. Right. I don't know. I, I, is this is do they have a set number of nominees? Or is it like, eh, we just kinda of pick out which ones are good and then we'll have No, that I, many I think nominees. it's like kind of like a majority like let's say I think it can be one of those that can be anywhere between five and ten. Okay. It just kinda of depends on the number of votes type of thing. Yeah, I looking believe. at looking at a lot of these categories, like you know, outstanding animated program, there's five, but then outstanding short format animated program, there's six. That's, right. Yeah, See, yeah that's what I was gonna ask because like is there something that you think should have been nominated above See, and, it? And that's why I kind of stopped myself midway through. I do think it was kind of with some of the big hitters that have fallen off recently. A lot of big hitters have fallen uh, off, and some of the bigger hitters that aren't quite as strong anymore, like Homeland's not as strong as it right. was. Downton Abbey. A lot of people don't agree that House of Cards uh, isn't is, as good as a first season, right? Exactly. So not only have shows like Breaking Bad, Dexter, Sopranos lost a lot of the ones that were like major hitters for a long time not around anymore but then the ones that have been strong aren't quite as good anymore and that's why when i just look at the list i mean to me it's a no-brainer that game of thrones should win it this season and that's true. i agree with that by looking at it yeah i don't know if um neither of you have really watched orange is the new black i watched right? first season it well it's interesting that they have nominated it for a drama i don't think it will ever be able to accomplish a whole lot because it's about a 50 50 mix of a drama and a comedy so it's not truly a good drama and it's not truly a good comedy either so but i know there was some debate about that and they stuck it in the drama series this year which is a lot tougher competition for them so good luck on that now something i would like to to see them reward for their last season would be parks and Rec. something that's been nominated but it has never won Best Comedy Series because of the Modern Families. and Has Amy Poehler ever won? No, I don't believe I she don't has. She's she... been nominated, I think, every She's been up year. against Tina Fey. And yeah, it... like 30 Rock was winning for a while and Tina Fey was winning. And, you know, you had The Office. So like Parks and Rec, kind of, I feel like if it was ever going to win with Modern Family kind of having a down year. The only issues I could see, people are really high on Transparent and Louie. So if anything beats it, I think. With the exception of Veep, I've actually watched all of these. I love Veep. Series. Veep is hilarious. If you if you should watch it sometime. I've, I watched one episode and I just kind of I have a really it. tough time with political stuff. Well, no, I understand. I mean, and it it certainly leans a certain direction, but Julia Lewis Dreyfus is hilarious in it, and it's got um, Buster from Arrested Development. Yeah, and they're yeah. really. I mean, everybody's really it's, high it's, on it's Veep. Pretty good casting. Yeah. Um, I was that was actually one of the shows I watched this week. Um, one of the many. You should check it out sometime. But I would understand why it would turn you off too. So yeah. I'm just not big into political stuff. But that said, since I've watched all of them, I really feel like Parks and Rec, unless Veep was just really strong, is their last season was the strongest of all of the nominees in their current season. Well, and I think if you're going to go by the you know theory that they'll reward somebody kind of a lifetime achievement that's never won, Parks and Rec would be a perfect candidate for that. Now she has won a Golden Globe for she it. She has won a Golden mm-hmm. Globe, but, but not the Emmy. Not an Emmy, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's crazy. How many has she been nominated for but didn't win? Two. Two. Three. Twice? Seven. Seven. Oh, seven. There's only seven seasons, but it says she's uh, nominated eight times. So, oh, there's comedy series. Could be. So it looks like all seven seasons she's been nominated. I was going to say, she's she's never won, which is some BS. But she did win Golden Globe, so 
Which one do you think is better, Golden Globe or Emmys? Emmys are definitely Emmys, Emmys are more prestigious. It would go Oscars, then Emmys, then Golden Globes. Okay. And they're kind of a precursor to the Emmys. It just basically tells you who's the front runner for the Emmys. That's yeah. how I look at the Golden oh, Globes. And the same with the Oscars. They're kind of precursors. Yeah. Yep. Do you see over here when, they actually, when the Emmy uh, uh, ceremony is? The I feel like they're usually in September, if I remember right. I feel like they're September. September 20th. September 20th, yep. I will say I am really, really glad to not see Big Bang Theory. And I'm really glad to not see Jim Parsons. Nothing against that show. I watch it and I enjoy it, but it's not. That show is so overrated. So overrated. I think it's a cute show, but it just drives me nuts that Jim Parsons keeps winning because he's just being Jim Parsons. And he's just played the same character forever without any sort of change. That's who he is. Have you seen him in an interview? He just, he is Sheldon. Like just, he's just not as smart as Sheldon, but he's not really, he's just not acting. He's just being Jim Parsons. So that really drives me crazy that he keeps winning that stuff. And I don't feel like it stands up to these other comedy series. I would rank every single one of them that's listed above Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Big Bang Theory is one of those shows that to me is always kind of like those 90s uh, Family Matters type TV shows where it's just cheesy. Yes, yeah. And it's just predictable. It's very, you know, episodic where it's just – and those always have huge ratings. And the Emmys used to tend to favor those, but you do see a shift now. You know, they are starting to go away more so with that. You know, the dramas have always been dominated by cable, but you're starting to see now where they're starting to reward smarter comedies as well. Yeah. You know, than, more so than they used to, at least. Well, cool. That's pretty much all I have. I didn't really have a lot to say. Y'all did it for me, but <laughs> I just did want to talk about it a little bit. The only other thing I'll add as far as, because, you know, I, I spoke a lot with, with what you guys did. Uh I would like to talk about Amy, the uh, Amy Winehouse documentary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rachel and I actually saw that, uh, so she can jump in with me. Uh, I'll say this. I, I won't get too much into it. Um, it's getting incredible reviews. It's pro- It'll probably be nominated for Best Documentary. It should um, be. I mean, from, from the buzz and everything that I've seen, do I imagine. Do you all watch a lot of documentaries throughout the year? I do. I, I tend to end up watching all the nominated documentaries. That's how I work, too. And then if there's I? any others that are kind of well-known. Getting a lot of buzz. Or... Yeah. I don't watch enough. But every time I watch a documentary, it, it seems I, I should always be watching more. Right. Because I, I, I like almost all of them, you know? Yeah, they're so good. I rarely I mean, like, see a bad one. The ones that are really good are just really, really good. Yeah. I mean, because they're, they, they're fascinating. And this one, like, for instance, I wasn't a big... Excuse me, I wasn't a big Amy Winehouse fan before this. I basically knew Rehab and Back to Black and thought she had a good voice, but I just knew she had some issues and that was it. But this kind of gave this kind of made me a fan of her, to be honest. And not just the music, I think she was really talented musically, uh, lyrically, but then also as a person. I as thought she person, was really likable as a person. She is a really And she has a tragic story that I didn't realize. I kind of thought it was her own doing, and some of it is. But a lot of it is the influences around her and who's who's kind of who she trusts it's, and loves and and the spiral that they get her into. Over recent years, I've become more sensitive to making fun of celebrities that are actually going through some serious stuff that everybody just wants to make fun of them 
for instance, Justin Bieber, I actually feel kind of bad for the kid because he just got discovered on YouTube and then he got a whole lot of money. That's a whole lot of fame to carry all of a sudden. And then you're known as everybody's making gay jokes and everybody's calling him yeah. this and that. And he's just a kid right. that just happened to, to be a douchebag. Oh, sorry. To be a but gay douchebag. I don't think that he, I don't think he started out as a douchebag. No, he started out I as agree. a sweet kid and fa fame has done this to him and made him the butt of everybody's jokes. And I kind of feel bad for him for that. So watching something I'd like, agree. like Amy and actually seeing how celebrity, not that people were making fun of Amy Winehouse, but watching what celebrity kind of did to her. There's a lot of footage in this movie where her friends had just filmed her on their phones or, you know, she had been playing at a little club and somebody was recording it. So it's a, it's a lot of Amy just being herself and watching her as a person and how things kind of devolved for her. It, it's just all very not fair. And a lot, and it's just, from being a celebrity. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, she had things together until she became a celebrity and then everything kind of fell apart for her just because of fame and the things that come along with that. So yeah, absolutely. It was heartbreaking. It's, it's the best. I would agree. It was heartbreaking. It's the best look at the effects of celebrity. I've seen like, you know, you've seen it in movies, uh, but to see it kind of this real life story, like walk into this movie, this documentary, not knowing a single thing about Amy Winehouse, except maybe knowing her name and you'll come away liking the movie. Whether you like her music or not, you'll like the movie because you really do see the effects of celebrity up close and personal and what they do to somebody who was a really normal person before she became world famous. I would see it, absolutely. Well, I want to. I, yeah, I, I, gave, I actually didn't know it was out already. Yeah, I, it's playing I gave at, it a nine. Uh, AMC, so did I. Yeah, it was It it's was one really of my good. favorite. It's, it's really hard for me to rate documentaries because I like them all so much. Yeah, they're really, really <laughs> but, good. Yeah, that's cool. Nine, usually We need to do a high. documentary episode sometime. Oh, we'll mm. do some. I've, yeah. I, there's definitely one that will be my number one. I won't spoil it now. Nice. I just love it. I've watched it like over and over again, and I never do that with documentaries. Yeah. But yeah, if you get a chance to see Amy, then I, I'd recommend it to everybody. That is what Pulp Fiction has been watching this week. And because we reviewed Ant-Man this week here on the uh, podcast, we are going to count down our top five favorite comic book movies of all time. Now, just to let you know, this isn't I'm just... I'm excited about this list. So am I. I actually had a lot of fun with this <laughs> list. And I was really mad about some that I couldn't include. Like, I was shocked at a few movies that I didn't include. Uh, this isn't just superhero movies. Any movie that was based on a comic book, we will include in our list. So, without further ado, jumping into the countdown at number five. Jacob, your number five favorite comic book movie of all time. Okay, so my number five favorite comic book movie of all time is Superman 2, 1980. Great choice. Um, I, I, I watched this over and over again as a kid. There are a lot of movies I could have put at number five with what you said a minute yes. ago. This is a hard one to rate um, because I'm a big sci-fi comic book, you know, fan. And, you know, there's about ten movies I would have very easily slipped in here. So, But I went with Superman 2 because of the nostalgia, because I enjoyed watching it. And, you know, and the reason I did two over one, because one's a very good movie, too, was that it's just a little bit more fun. You have Absolutely. General Zod yes. uh, played by uh, Terrence Stamp, who I thought was great. Yeah, he was. And, uh, I See the White House, they'll be cleaning for months. Lex Luthor. You promised me the son of Jorel. Oh, yes, your grace. But uh, what I've given you is the next best thing. You just hold on that little lady and uh, you'll be along. 
See, they have this relationship, and uh, she does all his public relations, and he gives her every exclusive. <laughs> They're the best of friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? What an undemanding male this Superman must be. Yeah, and you could use the tuck here and there yourself, sister. Wait! Oh, I'm sorry. She lives for now. Kill the rest. Starting with him. Wait, 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 wait. Don't you remember the White House, the, the, the Oval Room? We had a few laughs, right? Would you care to step outside? Superman! Superman, thank God. I mean, get him! Come to me, son of Jarrell! Kneel before Zod! It's always sad to see Christopher Reeve when, you know, when you rewatch a bunch of his old movies, because he was really, he was, he still is the best Superman. Yeah. Uh, when you look at all oh, the other ones. I, I think, uh, I can't think of his name, but the, the new guy playing Superman. Yeah. Uh, I think he's very good, too. He is I like good. him a lot. I mean, if it weren't. If... Brandon Ralph? No, that was, that was um, Superman Returns. Oh, okay. Man of Steel is like Henry. That's right, Cavill. Yes. You know, I think if Man of Steel wasn't so terrible. You know that could have been a great movie because he's a he's a darn good Superman. He is a good Superman. Uh, but back to back to Christopher Reeve. You know this this is just a fun movie. There's no part in it where he has to spin the Earth backwards to reverse time. <laughs> I think <laughs> if you really think about that that in the first movie, that was kind of stupid. But, yeah, it was. You know this but movie, fun as a kid. I thought it was awesome as a kid, but it is see that's kind of stupid. I haven't watched Superman movies since I was a kid. So that made me kind of sad because I know that I would probably include them on this list if I were more familiar with them. But that's the one thing that stood out. Like, I remember that vividly, him spinning there in the background. Yeah, so so while fun. it was stupid, it was a lot of fun as a kid. Another great thing about Superman 2, it has a great score by John Williams. Mm-hmm. It's oh, one of the great yeah. ones that came oh, out of the 80s. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, the score to Superman is incredible. By far the best superhero score there's been. If you ask me. Yes, I don't think anything would uh, even compare. The Dark, the Dark Knight series, or they're okay. Yeah, but nothing um, compared by Hans Zimmer. But I, I think John and Williams. the original Danny Elfman Batman was pretty good. Uh, Superman, yeah, you're too, right. Though. That was pretty good too. But, it was. But Superman two or Superman's theme, yeah, is great. so good. Uh, I'll, I'll add in on this uh, because it's coming up in my list, oh. and I specifically chose Superman two oh, as no. well for the exact <laughs> for the exact. It's by far my. I mean, easily, of all the Superman movies that have ever been made, the first two with Christopher Reeve were by far the best. But to me, two is just so much more fun. You see him fighting villains who have his same power, like right. equal footing. Right. You know, between General Zod and I can't remember who the other two cronies' names are. Well, actually, I, I, I wrote this down because I didn't remember this. Ursus a female. Yes. And oh, the other Superman. one is named... Yeah, is non non. Yes, I didn't know that. And as and he never spoke. And no. but he was you know bad to the. And then you got like the iconic scenes of like him crushing. You know, like he's supposed to bow down at the end. And yeah, he breaks his hand. Break. Oh, oh it's so awesome. I love it. It's, but I mean, it's also it's, where he throws the giant S stamp. Oh, it's and it's so like it's like awesome. what was yes. that? Yes, and then and then you see them captured, and they're in that ice crystal floating around. Oh, right. it's, it, it's, it's so many iconic scenes. Now, I can't remember, and I'm going to risk looking stupid here. Is Was it one or two where Lois Lane falls off the building and he catches her and he's like, 
I've got you. And she, you've got me. I'm pretty me. sure got that's you. the first one. Okay, well. Yeah, when she falls off the L of the helicopter. I remember yeah, that, yeah. that part was awesome. That's a pretty cool scene. Yeah. Superman, the first two are great. I never saw the third and fourth one. Oh, they're I terrible. didn't want they're to. Terrible. Part three is kind of fun. Because uh, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Part four is terrible, terrible, like like Mystery Science Theater type terrible. <laughs> like Batman and Robin terrible. I, I never but wanted part, to because I knew that. Part three is pretty that. fun. Yeah, The Quest for Peace, terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's my number But two, uh, one is watching it as an adult. It, it's a little slow. Like I like it a mm-hmm. lot, but I I think man, as a kid, I I probably would have been kind of bored with this. Like I don't remember being bored with it, but I was kind of surprised that my I just realized we didn't even bring up Gene Hackman, who was a great Lex Luthor. Oh, he was wonderful. Yeah, I'm, I'm always fantastic. been a big Gene Hackman fan. Yeah, he was awesome. So there you go, Superman number two. That is a fantastic choice. My number five favorite comic book movie of all time. Remember this? You know. This is a free-for-all. Anything based this on... This is your conflict. list. This is my list. Critics list. And yes, exactly. So it's favorites. And when I included this, but didn't include some other movies that I loved, I was surprised, but I had to include this. Mystery Men. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't it's know in my I honorable mentions. That. Oh, it's such... I watched this movie so many times uh, when it came... I mean, I, I mean, it's got... It's got Ben Stiller as Mr. Furious, who is freaking hilarious. It was kind of like at the... I have the, seen this. It's just been a long time. It was at the height of, of Ben Stiller's career, if you ask me. Pee Wee Herman's in it, and his superpower is just <laughs> farting. Uh, I mean, it's... But, but in a good way. But in a good way. I mean, and, and Ben Stiller, he he, he just gets mad. He gets That's his whole everything. super... He just he's gets Mr. mad. He got, or he's Mr. Furious. <laughs> Hank Azaria is the Blue Raja. William H. Macy is the shoveler. He just carries around a shoveler. Janine Garofalo is the bowler. Uh, and I love Kel Mitchell. He's the invisible boy, but he's only invisible if you aren't looking at him. <laughs> it really is a good movie. Jeffrey Rush is the villain. He's Casanova Frankenstein. And he's a great villain. Greg Kinnear is Captain... That's got uh, a huge Greg cast. Oh, yeah. The, the cast is fantastic. Huh. Greg Kinnear plays Captain Amazing... And and he was hilarious. He's only in it for a short time, but he's kind of the the real superhero mm-hmm. that dies, and so these like fake superheroes take over to try to you know rescue the city in his absence. But uh, Greg Kinnear is kind of like this cocky version of Superman. Uh, he's hilarious in it. I'm gonna bring this up again. It's 150 bucks a piece. We each chip in. My cousin knows this guy who knows a publicist. What are we gonna publicize, Roy? The fact that we got our butts kicked a lot? Well, maybe if you didn't smack me in the face with a shovel every time we went out, All right, you'd have some no, more wins to break. No, I'm sorry about that. I just have a tendency to lose my concentration when I've got a salad fork stuck in my rear end. Oh, oh, I get it. So your shovel in his face is my fault. Is you threw it? a spoon at the guy, Jeff. Yeah, what was up with that? Frightfully embarrassed about that. I, I, I thought it was a fork. You're the master of cutlery. You can't throw a knife sometimes. No, I can't. Oh, you, oh, you can't uh, use a rake sometimes. No, I'm the shovel. Well, I'm the blue rajah. I'm not stab man. I'm not knifey boy. I'm the blue rajah. Yeah, well, that's another thing. What? I mean, you could get a little bit of blue in the uniform somewhere. Really? I mean, you, got, you got green. There's like a little flowery thing happening, but there's like everything but. Doesn't make a lot of sense. If we could just step out of our literal minds for just one moment. Hey, ooh, look what I'm doing. Look at that. I'm putting 150 right on the table. Who's in with me, huh? I don't have 150. Now, do I? If I did, I would plunder my mother's silverware. It's a waste of money. You know who doesn't think it's a waste of money? 
Little Mr. Captain Amazing. Well, Captain, um, if we had a billionaire like Lance Hunt as our benefactor, yeah, we could spend 150. Mm, that's because Lance Hunt is Captain Amazing. Oh, don't really start go. that again. Lance Hunt wears glasses. Captain Amazing doesn't wear glasses. He takes them off when he transforms. That doesn't make any sense. He wouldn't be able to see. I don't even know, honestly, like, ratings-wise, like, if the critics liked or not, and I really don't care. Eddie Izzard is in it. He plays this kind of flamboyant crony of, of Jeffrey Rush's. It's a great, hilarious movie that's kind of this this weird, you know, parody of real movies, of real superhero movies. It I was, loved it. It was really close to making mine. So there you go. My number five. I, I'm going to hold on. I, I'm really curious to see if I'm alone on this or if critics liked it, too. Uh, the critics, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 60%, so it's barely fresh. So it's really funny. The critics it's... barely agree with me. But there you go. Mystery Man, my number five. Rachel, your number five favorite comic book movie of all time. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh snap. That is a I... fantastic choice. I am probably not as big a comic book fan as either of you. I grew up with a few things, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was one of them. I grew up with the animated series, um, not even really the comics. But we freaking loved the movie. Uh, I remember coming it out and thinking it was, like, the coolest thing ever. And then, if you remember, they did, like, a coming out of our shells tour where you could actually, like, go and see <laughs> the do. Ninja Turtles. We yep. went to that concert. We bought the cassette. Which was really terrible, by the way. If you watch the clips of it now online, it's oh, not good. <laughs> I still know the coming out of our shell song. Um, so, yeah, that was what I, I was going to love it regardless. But it was just it was so fun to see them. And I le- like prefer the way those turtles looked as oh, opposed yeah. to these new turtles. Easily. I hated close. what they did with the new movie. I'm um, telling you, because I've been thinking about this all day long, about Michael Bay. Hollywood, listen to me. You can attach any director to any Transformer or Ninja Turtle movie, and it will sell. You don't need Michael Bay to do those movies. So far, he's ruining yeah, this franchise. I agree. Uh, totally. Because was... I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is also on my list coming up. And they turned it... And, Mine as well. And, uh, I mean, it's... The first one was, was violent enough, which is actually why the other two were really corny. Yeah. Um, because people, uh, and, and Jim Henson, were upset that it was violent in the first one. Mm-hmm. But I, if you ever read the comic books, which I read uh, a lot of the original ones, they're really violent. There's a lot of blood in the, in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not asking for this to be a rated R movie. But, I mean, come on. If they're going to be kicking ninjas and, right. you know, there's, there's no blood at all. There's funny, if they're painting bruises on the, you know, on the turtles, the costumes, come on, that's that's not violent to me. Right. No, Especially with some of the things we right. see now. And maybe that is a product of it being like, you know, 20, God, 30, 20 years ago, 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah, was well, That's the first movie I ever watched back to back. I love it. Now, there, and look, I think I only gave it a 7 or an 8 on IMDb because I do recognize there's some cheesy dialogue. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's some corny characters and things like that. But there was like a, a life they gave to these characters in the movie that weren't in the other ones, you know. Yes. They can say, you know, cowabunga and those lines all they want to. But, like, when Raphael really just kind of gets beat up when they go out to the country, there's some really kind of good, I don't know, heartfelt moments. There is. Yeah, that was touching. Um, where they kind of just took a step back from, you know, n- you know, ninja-ing and, yes. and, and that sort of thing. And, and they really build the characters that like this is a brothership and... 
they did a very good job with that movie in that. I didn't, I never liked the April character, but I loved Casey Jones. Yeah, Casey Jones was uh, awesome. Casey Jones was awesome. And I had that written down, but who was played by um, uh, Elias Eli, Cot- uh, yeah, Cotillas. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he was great in that movie, great casting. But look, I mean, I do recognize its flaws, but but I'm sorry, that that's oh, a, I, I love that movie. The, it would be I was hilarious a huge Ninja if that Turtle was the only kid. movie that was on all three of our lists. But I, it, it's like, <laughs> I, and I don't know if it's a, we're a product of our generation or what, but I mean, it's... What is it about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that makes them so obsessive with kids? It's it's weird. I, I mean, but, I was obsessed with them. They were yeah. my favorite when I was a kid. Well, they were, I think it was because they were fun, but they were also pretty bad to the bone. How you doing? Hi. Nice night. Mm-hmm. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mikey, did you ever think about what Splinter said tonight? I mean, about what it would be like. You know, not having him. Hmm. Time's up. Three bucks off. One twenty-two, one twenty-two, and an eight. One twenty-two, and an eight. Terrific. Where the heck is one twenty-two and an eight? You're standing on it, dude. Just slip it down here. Give me that. Hey, this is a ten. The tab's 13. You're two minutes late, dude. Ah, come on. I couldn't find a place. Wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. I gotta get a new route. Like they and they had different person. Yeah, like their personality concept is so ridiculous. It yeah, is. Well, they like, were high when they cares? made them up, but uh, their personalities cover every every type every of personality. So yeah. every kid could relate to a specific turtle. You got you know you got the smart one, Donatello. You got the fun one, Michelangelo. Was my favorite. You got the one with the my my favorite is Michelangelo. And see, so you probably consider yourself a smart person. I probably consider myself a fun person. Rachel, I'm assuming, liked Raphael. Yes, I did. Raphael was, he was awesome, too. He was, you know, he was. And then we like, had, like, the Boy Scout Leonardo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you had, like, the all American boy. So you had, I think, the personalities. They were Steve fun. Rogers they of were Ninja relatable. Turtles. Exactly. They were like He's if so kids boring. actually became superheroes, they would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But yeah, that's a great choice uh, on all three of our lists. Fantastic. I, mean, I don't even care. To me, I can watch it. I don't even see flaws. Oh, I see it. I, like I, I watch it. I watch it every time it's on TV, yeah, or maybe yeah. I even see it on my shelf and, and, and pick it out. And uh, I also did want to say that uh, I brought this up last week, but when that movie came out, it was the second highest selling independent movie of all time. It's awesome. Number four favorite comic book movie of all time, Mister Jacob Crisp. Back to me. Uh, my number four is the Avengers, two thousand twelve, and I really, I, I really liked Age of Ultron too. But when you kind of take a step back. The, the the original Avengers, um, you know, is it Avengers Assemble? Is that what they call it, or is it just Avengers? Doesn't well, matter. Just Avengers. I think it's just that was the first time we finally had all these characters together. That was a huge, huge deal. deal, especially the idea that in the beginning when Iron Man came out, and I'm not even sure were they, were they 
were they 100% on board that they were going to go down this road even? I think so at the time. I think they knew... Or was it Captain America where it was kind no, of... No, it was Iron one? Man was, was the first one. Well, I know it was the because, first one. I mean, because as as there's, like a, there's a sneaker uh, trailer. Oh, that's right. It? At the, the end of it. The, yeah. Where, um, that's right. Nick Fury, Nick Fury shows up. Yeah. So, you know, when we finally had that happen, I mean, I watched it uh, three times in the first couple of weeks. Um, yeah. It was such a fun movie to watch. I think Joss Whedon did an excellent job writing it. Yeah. Um, as I thought he did a very good job writing this second one. However, I do know that Disney got their hands, or Marvel got their hands on cutting up that movie, which I know he was very upset about, which is why he's no longer doing any more of them because he's very right. frustrated. Right. And that makes me frustrated because he was really kind of, I think, trying to flesh out some good characters. When it some, robs us as a viewer. It know. really does. I cannot wait for that DVD to come out so I can uh, so I can buy it and watch all the extra 40 minutes, I'm guessing, that are going to be in it. Right. Um, but that's a whole... That's a rant on, I need to just stop right now. <laughs> um, I think they've done a very good job of casting all the characters for these movies. Yes. Uh, you know, when you compare, we'll say, the Marvel Universe to DC Comics Universe... They're really kind of interesting to compare because DC. I don't know how the comic books looked, but they're just the movies are so dark, much they're darker, dark, serious, yeah. stoic, serious. Yep. Yes, they're and they're, you know, the Marvels is pretty. You got reds yes. and blues and greens. Yeah, and, well, and, and, it, and, and that is comic pretty, books, and it is. It's that's how it is. A lot of ways, the comics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that Batman, better or worse, changed. The DC universe in that way, especially with the Dark Knight, I think because there were such big box office successes, they tried that with Superman, and Superman is a lighter character, more fun character, and I think that you know, Batman kind of bled into Superman and kind of ruined Man of Steel. That's that going to be such a strange movie, the it Batman is. versus Superman. It is. I'm stoked about Suicide Squad, but that's just going to be a strange movie. It will be. Um, anyway, back to so I'll just sum it up. Avengers, my number four. That's a great choice. Yeah, it is. It's kind of the ultimate superhero movie. My number four favorite comic book movie of all time is, and this may be a surprise, the original 1989 Batman. No, now, I don't think that's a surprise. That was a great movie. I'm glad someone brought it up. I loved it, actually. Just a surprise from the. I'm a. I'm a self-professed quote-unquote Batman hater, but that's not absolutely true. I actually don't hate the character of Batman. I kind of hate what Batman turned into in the Dark Knight series, and I think that particular series is highly overrated, and that's a whole other is thing. Is it because of Christian Bale? I don't like Christian Bale. I, I don't like what they did to the character, how dark they took him, and how kind of lifeless. Did you read those comic books? I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. So I didn't know if that, that's what the comic books were like. Here's my well. deal. Like Batman Begins came out and people were like, oh, this is pretty, pretty decent. It's not bad. Then Dark Knight came out and Heath Ledger was so good that it, it just kind of glossed over the all the, the all the flaws yeah. in the Dark Knight. And there were many, but people forget about him because Heath Ledger was so good. And then I thought The Dark Knight Rises was terrible, but everybody was still so high on Heath Ledger's performance. <laughs> that that, so I feel like the whole trilogy has been like been lifted up as this... Tainted as, by Heath Ledger? Well, I feel like it's all <laughs> raised by Heath Ledger because he was so good. This whole trilogy has been raised to this yeah. epic platform that I don't feel like it, it has earned whatsoever. I haven't even talked about the movie I actually chose. <laughs> uh, all that to preface, I actually loved... Batman in 1989 because it was not what The Dark Knight was. Uh, Michael Keaton, Keaton's uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman actually had a personality. 
he wasn't just dark and depressed and sitting lonely in a room his whole time. Uh, he actually had some life to him. And then I loved Jack Nicholson's Joker. Jack Nicholson was great. Uh, he was fantastic. People forget he was talked about a lot. He had a lot of buzz and possibly be nominated for an Oscar nomination for his performance as a Joker as well. Let me tell you about this guy I know, Jack. Mean kid, bad seed, hurt people. I like him already. <laughs> now, you know, the problem was he got sloppy, you know, crazy. He started to lose it. He had a head full of bad wiring, I guess. Couldn't keep it straight up here. He was the kind of guy who couldn't hear the train till it was two feet from him. You know what happened to this guy, Jack? Wow. Made mistakes. And then he had his... There's lights out! Now you want to get nuts? Come on! Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. <laughs> he wasn't as dark as Heath Ledger. Obviously, the times were different, and it was a different character. But he was he was funnier. He was well, evil Tim when he Burton needed to you. be. Sorry. Yeah, he was. But he played both parts really well. The psychotic part, he was malicious, but he was actually a whole lot of fun as well. I just felt like it was a much... I think the score was great. The cinematography was great. It, it hit all... It balanced the darkness of what Batman is with enough comic book kind of zing and fun to make it a more fun movie. Did you like the second one? Batman I two? didn't like part two, actually. Yeah, I didn't, a lot of people sometimes say that it's better than the first one, and but I, I don't agree with it. But... I think it's because it went so dark uh, that some people like that, and I, I didn't like it. I think the first one was a perfect balance of, of dark and fun. I thought it was a little goofy. But I don't. I think that's on Tim Burton because I'm not a big fan of Tim Burton. Right. That to say, I still. I mean, Batman was a great movie. It was a great movie. Oh, and Kim Basinger was hot. That's Vicky Bell. <laughs> Just had to throw that. As I mean, 13 year old Brandon thought she was so smoking. Vicky Bell. That's all about her. And the, and the Prince songs in it. I love too. Bat Dance. Come on. That's terrible. <laughs> Rachel, you're, Rachel, you're number four. Favorite comic book movie of all time. I'm going to be really sad if Jacob doesn't put some bat dance in the background of that. <laughs> um, my number four, I'm going to get so much crap for it, and it's fine. The Amazing Spider-Man. Hey. I know, think I'm gonna I know not crap? from I you. It. The general public was like, oh, a Spider-Man reboot. I didn't, it sucks. I didn't period. It. Without, I liked uh, what's his name as a star. Andrew Garfield yes, made a great. fantastic emo Spider-Man. Star, emo Spider-Man. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't necessarily have a problem with the first Spider-Man, except for the third one, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Which is I the enjoyed consensus. them. I thought That's they the were fun. The first two people forget about it. The first two got great reviews. Yeah, and I thought huge, they were fun. Huge blockbusters. They were well received by everyone. People just forget that because of part three and because of the reboot. And I get, I, I get that the reboot was soon and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man was the actual Spider-Man. He was sarcastic and he was fun and he was. It was the right age range for him. Like I, everything about it was so much better than the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, which right. I was fine with originally. The crying Spider Man, <laughs> every, every time. Yeah, I, I couldn't time. stand Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. 
I, I liked the first two movies, but Tom McGuire drove me up the wall in these movies. So, but did you like Andrew Garfield as Spider Man? Yes, I he thought he was, was great. Plus, I liked, I love Emma Stone. Like, yeah, in love with yeah. Emma Stone. And their chemistry was fantastic. Their chemistry, obviously, because they're a couple in real life. That yeah. didn't hurt anything. But I like that it wasn't the MJ story. We see the MJ story in everything. You can throw in on this, Brandon. Yeah, no, you I'm listening. Thoughts. You're doing well, a great they job. were actually about to bring in Mary, Mary Jane, Jane yeah. in the well, next one. Right, right. Um, and I like it was as nice a, though that we didn't have her yet. I like the Gwen. Uh, yeah, the, the Gwen, Gwen Stacy line. Well, and that, and that's was, you know, I, I realize why Sam Raimi ignored Gwen Stacy in the original trilogy because it's a lot to pack in. And he does end up marrying Mary Jane in the comics. But Gwen Stacy was his first love. And it was vital to the Peter Parker character, what Gwen Stacy represented. As a matter of fact, he fell in love with Mary Jane in part because she kind of comforted him and helped him grieve through the Gwen Stacy period after she died. And they became kind of best friends because of that. But in the comic book world, the, the death of Gwen Stacy is considered one of like the top five iconic moments in comic books. I mean, it's a, it, I'm glad that it got addressed. And I don't know at all what Marvel's going to do with Gwen Stacy slash Mary Jane. I don't know where they're going to go with it. But I'm so glad that they covered Gwen Stacy. Me too. Would you, would you th- see, I had problems with the bad guy in The Amazing Spider-Man. The lizard? Yes. Um, I don't know. just want to throw that out there. I think that's <laughs> a lot of people's arguments, too. It's just that it was just, you know, his motivations were kind of off. Uh, those movies got a lot of bad rap, unfairly. They did. Uh, uh, the second one wasn't good. I, it wasn't good. But the first one, ama- the, the first Amazing Spider-Man was, was, I thought, pretty decent. I thought the second one had both good and bad parts to it. I was like, I knew Gwen Stacy was going to die, and I was still emotionally affected by that. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx is what I was thinking of. When no, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, that that yeah. villain it was, was bad writing. Yeah, Electro, they didn't do great with. No, they didn't do it well. With they were just trying um, to pump out these movies but, like they do, you know, and not put yeah. like thought into it. It just drives me nuts. I really enjoyed the first one and I walked out of it thinking like this this is a straight up comic book movie and this is what I want from a comic book movie. I don't necessarily like how dark things are getting in the DC universe and the Dark Knight and all that kind of stuff. Like it was fun. It was a really fun experience and I thought they were really true to the character. So I just I really enjoyed oh, I it. I love The Amazing Spider-Man. It it got good reviews, but not great reviews. But fans tend to really like it. The, the biggest gripe really was just that it was a reboot too soon. That was really the biggest. It wasn't really necessarily about the movie itself. It was just the fact that they were making another one so soon. But I love The Amazing Spider-Man. I thought it was fantastic. Jacob's number, number four. three. Which is your my, number four? No, we did my... What that was my There's, number four. Yeah. We're on uh, your number Jacob's three now. Jacob's number three favorite comic book movie of all time. What was your number four? My number four was Batman. Batman. My five well, was Mystery Men. I'm just going to show you. You are first. Well, my number three is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. My number three is Teenage Mutant Ninja okay, Turtles. Okay, cool. I, I don't really have much more to say than what we said earlier. We really yeah. dove into it. We did. Agreed. <laughs> I, I'm not so. So Rachel's my Oh, yeah. We skipped right past you. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah. So here's another one that is a little bit interesting. My number three is X-Men First Class. That almost oh, hit my yeah. list. Mine too. It, it, was, it was really, really close to be my number five. X-Men was the other one. If you were born in the early 80s, then you were probably all over X-Men. We didn't, didn't we do like a comic book uh, 
bracket or something like that, and X Men oh, yeah. beat everybody, which we oh, thought was really weird. Yeah, stuff. yeah, it was. Yes, it was. So, so weird. we did, we did like a comic book, a yeah, superhero bracket for the radio station we were working at, and and out of all the even the Batman's and the Superman's and everything, X Men won over everything, and I think that's just really telling of the generation. Uh, that we had listening. But I think if you were born in my generation, then you really loved X-Men growing up. And I liked the other X-Men movies. Obviously, some of them had some issues and they went downhill and all that kind of stuff. But First Class, uh, when they started taking that direction, was fantastic. It was just a straight-up really good movie. First Class saved saved the uh, did. Saved the franchise did. because the third one was so awful. Yeah, and and the road they were going down with all the mo- the individual Wolverine movies wasn't helping much either. No, it wasn't. Uh, those were all failing, and it was making me sad to watch them fail. But f- first class was a fantastic. Did, did you movie. like Days of Future Past as well? Yes, I did. I didn't like it as much as First Class, no, but I liked right. that that they it was kind of like a f- we're sorry fans for X Men Three. Let's just they totally pretend like this that didn't problem. happen. Yeah, the Days of Future Past. Yeah, yeah they did. were like, let's just make this not have happened. Yeah. So. Uh, now what's sad about that is now we have to deal with Cyclops again. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Who's actually is a pretty good character in the comic books, but the casting they did for, I can't think of his name, James something. James Marston, also um, from Oklahoma. Not a good uh, casting decision for Cyclops. So that's, And that's not really on him either. That's on the no, it was, Yeah, it was more. But I really liked watching, the, when I think of X-Men, I, you know, Xavier is already bald Xavier and we're already to that point in the stuff. So seeing the beginning of Charles Xavier and Magneto and how that relationship yeah. really worked because so you kind of always Fass, see them. is great in it. Yeah. Oh, he was great. The cast was fan. They did fantastic with everybody in that cast, but seeing the beginning of all that, it gives you a deeper appreciation for where they are now. Right. Like they've always had you, when we watch it, like the one that I'm used to would they have a mutual respect, but never having seen that backstory yeah. and really understanding where they're coming from. Like it added so much depth to me, yeah. especially so. Magneto's for me. There's something uh, about, well, yeah, Magneto's cause he's just past. the bad guy. Yeah, but so when you see, see where, where he came, came from, from yeah. you totally understand. You can and see sh- both sides equally. Yeah. Individuals with extraordinary abilities may already be among us. McTaggart, you really think that some crackpot scientist is going to make me believe in sparkly dames and vanishing men? I didn't really expect you to believe me. One of the many spectacular things my mutation allows me to do is that I can read your mind. Are you going to ask us to think of a number between 1 and 10 now? <laughs> no, Agent Striker, although I could ask you about the Jupiter missiles America are currently placing in Turkey. You brought a damn spy into this How's that for a magic trick? Best I've ever seen. Well, I exactly. Think, and I think you they do. did that in, the, in some of the early X-Men movies, too. Because um, Ian, um, Ian McKellen has done a really good job portraying yes. him. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Michael, Michael Fassbender's taking it to a whole other level. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, that's not fair to Ian McKellen, because he's, he was great as a Magneto. Yeah. Um, I need him to get this Gambit thing worked out. Gambit was my favorite. No, that's, that's one character weird. that they keep. Well, they are that's doing weird. a Gambit movie. I know. And um, 
they do need to get it worked out because he was always so much fun. In a, in a, oh, did you watch the cartoon series? Yeah. 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 Me too. I liked him a lot. And I also, also wanted to be Rogue. And yeah. that's another thing. They need to figure Rogue out too. Like, she flies and she's strong. Come on now. <laughs> she doesn't just touch people. Come on. She does more than that. She doesn't just touch people. <laughs> that's true. And you had to mention the Hugh Jackman cameo. Uh, it was hilarious in yeah. first class. Well, I love Wolverine, I think, is my favorite comic book character. And this is one that's just really frustrating for when they do the Infinity Gauntlet series uh, because he's a big character in that comic book. And uh, I don't think there's going to be a way. I wish they can get him in there. But um, I love how Hugh Jackman has, has portrayed that character. He is, yes. outside of not being five foot eight or whatever, he has <laughs> nailed it. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's not really his fault either. Okay. <laughs> Made it Peter Jackson was filming it. He could do with some of his camera tricks. Yeah. You know. So, Jacob's number two. Uh, my number two movie is Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew I, I, I didn't know if it was going to be your one or two. I, I knew it was going to be one of the two. Uh, when, and, and, it, and it just came out, so sometimes I have issues with putting movies like this on my list when they're so brand new. Mm-hmm. When we talked about um, Short Turn 12 last week, right. I love that movie, but it just came out, and sometimes I need to sit on movies. But to me, Guardians of the Galaxy was a perfect, like, fun, action, great elements, strange characters. Marvel gambled, and they won by, you know, doing these... These characters that, for the most part, no one ever heard of. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of written in the early 90s. So yeah, they haven't was... exactly been around for a long time. Uh, and uh, great casting. James Gunn just nailed this. Um, what other movies did James Gunn do? I just can't think off the top of my head. Yeah, He wasn't kick-ass, was he? Uh, no, no. Oh, it was uh, uh, Super. <laughs> yeah, Super. Uh, right. Which, I don't know if y'all seen, but my God, I saw it, yeah. violent. So yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's funny when Marvel casts these directors or hire these directors, and it's like, it's like guys, <laughs> like w- he might make them, you know, but boy, he just, I mean, it was kid-friendly. It was funny. Great soundtrack. The soundtrack, yeah, soundtrack yeah. may have been the best part of the movie. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. To me, this was kind of like doing Ant-Man, where they, they're giving it a shot. I don't know. I guess you can say that about Iron Man too. When they, it's like, why, why Iron Man? You know, right. why Guardians of the Galaxy? How's yeah. this going to tie into the Marvel universe? But I'm so excited where this is going to lead to, and I really think Chris Pratt has done. It was a great. Oh, he was fantastic. He carried pick. the movie and then some. And now that I've been watching Parks and Rec, I actually, I'm wondering if it's going to affect my watching Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like <laughs> there's going to be an annoying Chris Pratt, but he's going to be cool, Chris Pratt. I don't, I don't know. That's how Brandon <laughs> and I were. We're like Andy Dwyer is Star Lord. Yeah, see, we came see, with that's the exact, what's start, ex- what's exactly opposite me. way for us because it was so weird. Andy Dwyer being this big buff superhero didn't make any sense to us. So when y'all saw it, like, were you just blown away, or did you see Andy the entire movie? I didn't see Andy the entire movie. Okay. I thought he, I thought he did really well. I think oh, yeah, he, Chris Pratt is great at what he does. I mean, I don't think he has a huge range or anything, but he, he's good at what he does, and yeah. he's charming, and yeah, I'll, yeah he's I'll charming, look. funny, and likable. And and in this role, he was able to pull off being a badass, which that was the one thing that I couldn't see from Andy Dwyer uh, because he's so goofy. Uh, but then he but got it, all bulked up. Which well, he did. P.S. They got him all bulked up, and then they took his shirt off for five seconds. I thought yeah. that was such a waste, yeah. because you see Andy Dwyer, and you're like, whoa, Chris Pratt is stacked now. Like, yeah. that's awesome. And then you watch the movie, and they take his shirt off for like five seconds. Yeah. I just felt like he put all that work in, so he could wear a jacket the whole time. 
It's kind of like ridiculous. when you cast Jessica Alba, the hottest woman on earth at the time, to be the invisible woman. Makes no <laughs> What's <sense>. the point? <laughs> her greatest attribute uh, is her freaking looks, and you're going to make her invisible. It's kind of the same thing. That's one it's of the one thousand problems with wrong with those movies. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I think some of the neat things about this movie, or cool things about the movie, was that you know the the five characters that they put together, there was a, a friendship, a good, a good connection between them. I think in a way, Dave Bautista stole the show as Drax. I just stole the show with his uh, yeah, yeah. with taking everything literally. Yeah. yeah, I laughed so hard pretty much every time he was on screen. Woman, your words mean nothing to me. Hey, 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 hey! Oh crap! Y- you know, if killing Ronan is truly your sole purpose, I don't think this is the best way to go about it. Are you not the man this wench attempted to kill? Well, I mean, she's hardly the first woman to try and do that to me. Look. This is like from a smoking hot Ray Jack girl. Stabbed me with a fork. Didn't like me skipping out on her sunrise. I got right here a Cree girl. Tried to rip out my thorax. She caught me with this skinny little Oscar Marion who worked in Nova Records. I was trying to get information. Remember seeing Oscar Marion? Tentacles, needles for teeth. I think I'm seriously interested in that. You don't care. But here's the point. She betrayed Ronan. He's coming back for her. And when he does, that's when you... Why would I put my finger on his throat? What? Oh, no, it's a symbol. This is, this is a symbol for you slicing his throat. I would not slice his throat. I would cut his head clean off. It's a general expression for you killing somebody. You've heard of this. You've seen this, right? You know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows. No. I, see, I agree, but then at the same time, I'm like, well, but then Groot kind of did too, uh, Groot did and, too. and just fun but, but that's what I was gonna say. All the characters, really, yeah. besides the chick, I can't remember. And the bad guy now. was really good too. Yeah, he was um, Michael Rooker. Gamora. Yep. Yeah, Gamora. Uh, she's probably the only one that I was like, yeah, whatever. But the characters were so great. It's kind of like they all stole the show to me. Which doesn't make sense, but I mean, it kind of shows how strong. That's why that's how strong the movie was. Yeah, and that's why it was such a successful movie was because it it comes down. They created some great characters. I mean, it was based on these characters from the comics, but they translated so well to the movie screen via the writing and the casting. Do you know much about the Inhumans comic book series? No, I don't. I bought it, or so like the first twelve or whatever episodes. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, since it's more sci-fi as well. Like. Guardians of the Galaxy makes me more excited for Doctor Strange and the Inhuman series mm-hmm. because they're so out there, you know, in essence. So I'm really, I was really glad Marvel did this one. I mean, I was shocked when I saw it. It was my number one anticipated film and it was my number one film yeah. last year. Just simply based on I had so much fun when I watched it. And it ended up being the number one uh, movie at the box office for 2014, which is crazy considering that nobody really knew these characters before. I mean, it makes sense when the... Spider-Man's, Batman's, Superman's end up as the number one movie of the year. Well, that hasn't happened for Superman, strangely enough. To see these kind of cast of unknown comic book characters end up at number one at the box office. And no big stars. Yeah, no big stars. And it was a year, there's a lot of big box office uh, movies last year. For it to end up number one, it just kind of shows you how great the word of mouth was for this movie. Yeah. That was my number two. My number two favorite comic book movie of all time is actually Superman 2, which we discussed earlier. Uh, and it just kind of, all I'll add is it kind of shows how much I like the movie. If it's my number two, and it's a movie that's been out for, what, 
30 years. Yeah, 1980, and, so 35. Yeah, so for me, you know, it obviously has the most nostalgia as far as comic book movies go. Rachel, your number two favorite comic book movie of all time. So up until this point, we've all had superhero movies. No, that's not necessarily true. I had mystery well, Man. Mystery Men. They were superheroes. Oh, I, were I they guess. vigilantes or were they? Superheroes? They, I mean, they were vigilantes okay. that called themselves superheroes. Okay. Hey, so, would you consider Hank the teenage Azari mutant was Ninja Turtles? Really good at throwing forks. <laughs> like ridiculously good. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was almost superhero-ish in exactly. that. Exactly. They almost made him too good at it, like to be believable. <laughs> Like, hey, I actually think this guy might have some powers. Exactly. Superhero movie. <laughs> All right. So well, I, okay. I think I know what your number two is then. Would you have guessed it's Old Boy? That's a comic book movie? It's yeah. a manga movie. It's a, based off a manga comic book. I was actually going to bring it up later My whole on. list needs to be redone. I didn't know it was a comic book Actually, movie. by that, I just, I just had to kick out Mystery Men, I guess. Oh, don't do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but I'm... Wow. Uh, old Boy, the original Old Boy, not the remake Old Boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I thought they did it okay with the remake, but the original was fantastic, and the twist that's in it is crazy. Crazy, I, I, creepy, messed up, shocking, disturbing. You're going along and you think you're watching one movie, and it turns out you're watching a completely different movie than what you thought you were Well, watching. and you get to a twist, and you think that's the twist. And you're like, whoa, that is a shocking freaking twist. And then it like ups itself to where there's an ultimate bigger twist. And you're like, I'm done. I can't, I can't believe what just happened. Yep. Mind blown. Technically, yeah. it's beautiful. It is. Oh, it is. It is yeah. beautiful. I don't want to say too much about it because, because really the, the best part of the movie is that it twisted on you the way that it did. And I don't want to ruin that for anybody. But Oh boy, it was fantastic. If you're the kind of person that doesn't like watch a movie because it has subtitles, this is definitely this is one of those they pass. You have to watch Old yes. Boy. Yes, and and look, look, it's a little shocking and it's pretty graphic. bloody, graphic, yes. and all disturbing, that stuff. and um. So if you can handle that sort of thing, but old you boy don't like great. that kind of stuff, and you still liked Old Boy. So. Well, I can handle you know something like that. It's more so rip out the chests and oh, yeah, zombies and stuff. Okay, there was none of that, but it was a little bit. It was graphic. Graphic. Maybe oh, not and, gory. And it's got, a, and it's got an word, iconic but... scene as far as like oh, the tracking shot. Cutting off the... the tongue. Yeah. yeah. That didn't bother me. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh, what I was thinking of. That's more like Tarantino. It's more like Tarantino style violence. Yeah. That's true. But but like the, the hallway scene, the big long tracking shot was, was iconic. And it's, it, it's this crazy mix of it's this revenge, graphic bloody revenge tale. But it's actually kind of moving. And it's unsettling. It, there's all these di- there's drama in it. There's kind of romance in it. There's like all these different elements. I'm so mad it's not on my list. I didn't know before didn't, today that it I was had a no comic. idea it was based on. I, a comic I discovered book. several movies that were comic or based off of graphic novels anyway. Right. That you know I left them off my list because. I just couldn't see it as I would in Avengers or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. But to me, if I was going to do that, then I would just have a superhero list. That's the beauty of having a comic book list is that it kind of expanded that. But the comic, I guess, it was a two-year comic, so it wasn't just... Oh, really? mm Mm-hmm. So so there's that. See, old boy. Oh. The original old boy. Jacob, your number one. one favorite comic book movie of all time is... I'm excited for this one. I am too. I actually do you know it? No. I can't. It's the Dark Knight. 
Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, I, when, when we're like it hadn't been mentioned, and I was like, it, it kind of you know doing this show, you kind of have to bring up the Dark Knight. <laughs> but go ahead and tell me why you like, it, and I'll tell you all the flaws. And no, 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 no I'm just kidding. Well, you actually said a lot of things, which I was sitting back thinking about. Like, yeah, he's kind of right, but it is because Heath Ledger blew me out of the water. Oh, he was yeah. amazing. I remember watching it. There's just been very few movies in the last ten years where I was excited, happy, every time he was on screen. Yes. Um, but see, I like Christopher Nolan. Do you like? Do you? Even oh, like I like. Him? I like. Okay. Christopher I think Nolan, he. Yeah. I think I'm he a, does I'm things a big really Memento well. Memento fan, Insomnia, and I the love Prestige. his practical effects. Uh-huh. You know uh, that he I usually agree. does. Yeah, the movie was kind of dark, but that never bothered me. I mean, I can kind of get on board with like the Batman's annoying voice, fine. But yeah, I'd say that Heath Ledger was a huge distraction in a good way. It's kind of like Val Kilmer in uh, you know, Tombstone. Tombstone. He made the movie, right? right. You know, a good movie, great, right? Um, and as I was making the list, I was like, "Gosh, do I want to put Guardians first or do I want to put Batman first? And I was, I'm not gonna lie, half of it was because to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> but then I really thought about it. And I was like, you know, you know, I, I had fun and I was excited when I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, but I, no, no character in that compared to Heath Ledger's. I, I think I like the style of directing more than Guardians of the Galaxy. I really enjoy the way Christopher Nolan, you know, moves around in the camera. Um, I, I mean, I can't sit there because I know you're, you might barrage me with stuff. But <laughs> Here's the deal, though. Haven't heard you say anything about Batman. I mean, Batman's Batman. I mean, he, I mean, I think Batman Begins is the better movie. But it's because of what you said. It's because Heath Ledger. Right. Exactly. Heath Ledger was great. The Joker would have been a fantastic movie. But Batman, I don't remember anything Batman did in that movie whatsoever. I remember a lot of stuff that Heath Ledger did as the Joker. Nothing about Batman stood out to me at all. you You know, it has its flaws, but hey, this is my list. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, and it is considered, because it became so huge, I mean, you know, it's, it's considered... The best, like, like if you were to poll a hundred average Americans and say what's the best comic book movie, I bet you The Dark Knight would come out on top. But again, I think it comes down to a Heath iconic Ledger. all-time performance by Heath Ledger. I mean, with good directing, yeah, the directing was good, and and the 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 character was written. Joker, the character, is a great character. Yeah. I, my, my problem with the Batman movies are usually just that the the villains are so much more interesting than Batman himself. Batman's pretty boring and he's got a lot of issues like i mean not not even like 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 but they're boring issues to me like just get over yourself type issues does it depress you commissioner to know just how alone you really are does it make you feel responsible for harvey dent's current predicament where is he what's the time what difference does that make well Depending on the time, he may be in one spot or several. If we're going to play games, mm-hmm. I'm going to need a cup of coffee. Ah, the good cop, bad cop routine? Not exactly. Never start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the neck. See? You wanted me. Here I am. 
Maybe I said that wrong when I said Batman Begins is the better movie. It's the better Batman story right. because it's an origin story. It is. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, whereas yeah. now we have this new, you know, character Joker, and uh, you know, you have Batman. Who you're right. He, there's not a whole lot to him. We're supposedly being, you know, the world's best detective. Right. But I, I, that doesn't bother me because. Think about all the Marvel movies when you have all these kind of great good guys and then usually the bad guys outside of Loki are just so generic and so it's always kind of a good balance in a way. And maybe that's Batman in this and that's just how he is because he's just kind of grim and, you know, and I guess this is character. That doesn't bother me. And so you throw in someone like the Joker with that or I know I know, you know Aaron Eckert as Two-Face didn't quite come out like he does in the comic books, you know. Um, I would love the one day to see like you know a Riddler in the movies because I think he was. The, the, you're right. The bad guys are great in the Batman universe. Yeah, they are. And then there's Batman. But, right. <laughs> but that's. But I like that dynamic. You know, that way it's not this. I don't know. Say a Tony Stark type character with a Joker type character that could go. I don't know. That, that, I don't. I don't like that balance as a, as opposed to kind of boring Batman with these crazy bad guys. Yeah, I don't know, and, and maybe that's why Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad looks so. But but I don't have an issue. I, I I have an issue. I have lots of Batman issues. Like some people have daddy <laughs> issues. I have Batman issues. Uh, but it's mostly because of how fans kind of put him on this weird pedestal. Uh, see, but but you're I don't rational. put him on a pedestal, right? Because I'm thinking from a movie perspective. I mean, if I had my choice of comic book characters, there's probably all my 10 would be Marvel characters. Right. You know, Batman would probably be in the top 20. I don't think much about Batman when I think of him. See, that's good. Like, that's all, we're good then. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as The Dark Knight goes, and Rachel he's, and I have discussed this. but, you know. Rachel and I have discussed, again, I, I said it earlier in the show, I, I think that, and I think you said it right, I think it was a good movie that became a great movie because of an iconic all-time performance by Heath Ledger. I think that's, I mean, that's just, and it's infinitely watchable because of Heath Ledger. But I will say, anytime Heath Ledger's not on the screen, you're just like, uh, I just wish Heath Ledger would be on the screen. Yep. Like, whether it's Batman, whether it's Two-Face, I'm just not interested in anything really else that's going on. And I think that's, one, a compliment to Heath Ledger, but then also, two, you know, kind of tells you about the rest of the movie to me. And then I have issues like the end, like, uh, Rachel never forget we saw it I was so pissed I, I walked out of that movie theater so mad at the Dark Knight because up until this point I enjoyed the movie but the the whole end scene was so was contrived terrible. to you me mean, like, the whole on the boats the whole I will take the blame for the death of Two-Face I'm the he's the not the hero that we deserve but he's the hero that we need and well, this all is that the part where crap. this is the part such... where I wonder if that's in the comic books and they, they use that yeah, I know. People loved it, and I thought it was the dumbest. It was so stupid. Ever. Because I'm like, why? Like, just tell this dude was a bad dude. Why are you going to take the brunt of like it was such for an no unnecessary, reason at all? It was just so he could ride off on his little bat cycle and have this epic voiceover ending where all the Batman fans are, you know, jerking each other off about how great... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about how oh, how he's the, how he's the hero. That he's it was just to put in that line that sounds really cool, but isn't no, when bad really guys stupid. do bad things, you just let them be the bad guys. Yeah, you're like, not gonna be like, oh, I'll be... just become this villain. You didn't and see not anybody stepping like a problem with the story, not with Batman the but, character. Yeah, well, no, I have lots of issues with Batman the character, but as far as that movie goes, I thought it ended so 
in such a stupid way. I was I mean, like so... somebody taking the fall for Hitler. Like, no. Yeah. I, I know I, got I saved this. all of yeah. you, but go ahead and blame me. I'm and I'm going to step There's out of no the spotlight for, for eight years and let the city run amok because for some reason I need to take the brunt. That was so dumb. I'm, like, why? I'm curious now. How many times have y'all seen that movie? Just three, once? Three or four. Oh, you have seen it one, yeah. one I think oh, I, I love the twice. Heath Ledger yeah. performance. I mean, okay. I say all that. I think I gave the movie an eight because of Heath Ledger. I couldn't get over a lot of the issues that I had with it, but Heath Ledger was fantastic. Yeah, he was amazing. I, it still ended up, I think, in my top ten or top fifteen of the year. Was, it was, like it was my number one. I mean, I say all that, but I, think I did I really gave... like Heath Ledger. <laughs> I think I even gave it a nine. Yeah, it was like an <laughs> but, eight point. But it was, but, but Heath Ledger, oh, Heath, Ledger was, Heath Ledger was a twenty though. Like, like it was. No, I gave it like an eight point five. I just exaggerated. But I, whatever. Rachel, you're never. It's your me. number one. My number one favorite comic book movie of all time is Random Spider-Man movie. No, uh, I would actually go with Spider-Man Two. Um, it was the best. If you're just talking about, you know, what it was the best of the Spider-Man series, it would be Spider-Man 2. And until, actually, The Dark Knight came along, it was considered the best comic book movie. Uh, and usually now, if you see lists, Spider-Man 2 is usually 2 or 3 with Dark Knight number 1. I uh, almost texted you to bring your copies of it, because I need to rewatch the first two again. Yeah, the first two it's were great movies. It's been a while since I've seen it. And I had a hard time picking between those two, because the first one was kind of like this childhood dream, finally came up on the big screen and was i loved it, it so was, much was it did it come down to doc ock because he was great doc ock was so good and i think what peter parker went through in part two like just on a personal you know his personal journey uh was so good and and like the train scene you know where he stops the train you know and basically almost kills himself i think that it was the best emotionally involving spider-man movie and the Doc Ock character is probably the best uh, Spider-Man villain. Peter Parker. And the girlfriend. What do you want? I want you to find your friend, Spider-Man. Tell him to meet me at the West Side Tower at 3 o'clock. Well, I don't know where he is. Find him. Or I'll peel the flesh off her bones. If you lay one finger on her. You'll do what? So, yeah, my number one of all time would be... Oh, Jacob. Uh, Jacob <laughs> gave it a six. And uh, it just, came out on my just, birthday. It did. That's just madness. Uh, but Spider-Man 2 is my number one favorite comic book movie of all time. I cannot believe Jacob just gave it a six. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just like took a crap all over Batman and the Dark Knight. Yeah, that's true. Sort of. It's got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't stand Tomatoes. Tommy McGuire. I just can't stand him in this movie. He drove me insane. And, and what's her name? was Kirsten Dunst was terrible, too. The, the the action scenes, the action sets were fantastic. James Franco well. was bad. I know you. I mean, my friends and I have been doing that for years. Just, just obnoxious. Hate, hate, hate. I mean, I, I, now I want to just trash it. Let, let's just have an episode where we just trash Dark Knight and Spider-Man. That would be awesome. Forth. I do want to hear that battle. Please, let's do an episode about that. Now, one character in any Spider-Man movies that is comes close to Heath Ledger. 
But that might be one of the best, best performances of the decade. Well, yeah, the, the yeah, he was amazing. I mean, Alfred Molina was was really really good as uh, Doc. Yeah, Bob. I thought he was great. In he it. he really was. Here's the deal: the Dark Knight has the best performance ever in a comic book movie. That is a given. I just don't think it's the best comic book movie. I think it's the best performance in a movie. Rachel, your number one favorite comic book movie of all time is Sin City. Oh, I nice. saw that coming. I know you did. I figured that's if that was going to be my number two. Then what did you think my number one was going to be? I didn't think that far ahead. I just thought Sin City was okay. going to be on your list. I love Sin City. I walked out of that movie just so happy and so jazzed about it. Follows a lot of different storylines. Of course, visually, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it like I didn't read the the graphic novel novel, but I went back and and looked through some of the artwork from it, and it stayed very true to the graphic novel artwork. Uh, I thought all of the characters were really interesting, specifically um, Mickey Rourke's character. Yeah, that brought yes. him back Melvin. to life. Or Marv. 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 Was it Marv? Marv? I think it's Marv. I think it's Marv. <laughs> Again, Wendy. Carter. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why did she call you Wendy? Because that's my name, you ape. Goldie was my sister. My twin sister. I guess she was the nice one. Goldie and the other six. Where are they? What did you do to them? <sighs> you crazy goddamn broad. Just take a look at this mug. Would any of you dames let me get close enough to you to kill you? None of you would. But Goldie. And she only did because she thought I could protect her. And I'll bet those cops didn't do a damn thing about those other girls, did they? But as soon as they hit me for a fall guy, they showed up guns blazing. But they didn't get me. And I've been killing my way to the truth ever since. So go ahead, doll. Shoot me now. Or get the hell out of my way. His character was fantastic. I loved Bruce Willis's character in it as well. You know who else was good in it? Tell not me. Elijah Wood. I was going to say Elijah Wood. Mm. His character, at, not he was so gross. He was so it creepy. Was he, he didn't was so really creepy. talk much. So I guess no, he, was he okay. didn't. <laughs> Jessica Alba was super hot in it. Yes, yeah, so she was at her hottest. She we was could at her hot have a podcast about all the hot women in it. She yeah. Was, oh, Rosario Dawson. Dawson. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Benicio del Toro was great in it. He was great. I, I haven't said anything. It was actually originally on my list. I just really wanted to squeeze Mystery Men in. I'm really surprised that it didn't make your list. It was actually, actually when I originally did my list, it was my number three. And then I remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so it got bumped. And then I just really wanted to talk about Mystery Men. That's good. I'm glad that you But I, I love, 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 love Sin City. It's got Carla Gugino, who I love. Ah, oh, she was. Gugino? Yes. She's mm. great. Which one is she? Lucille. She was super hot back in the day. Uh, she was just in San Andreas where she played Alexandria Dodrio's mom, which was like, a, Ooh, like that's the weird. hottest like, mom-daughter combination ever put on screen. She old enough to, <laughs> to be her mom, though? That's weird. I know. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on No, it was great. It, it was kind of the first time we saw you know kind of a graphic novel put on screen like this. Yeah. I'm sure it happened before, but it was the first time. I think 300 it, was the first. Yeah, I guess 300 would be. But, but I guess as far as like actually looking like a comic, but like looking like visually 
I felt like I was watching a graphic novel. I guess in some ways 300 was like that, but it still felt But still it's felt based on a historical or, or right. story. And this I, had right. a lot of yeah. character. I yeah. mean, it was all character-driven stuff. But uh, I love Sense. It was so much fun to look at. It was kind of like a comic book version of Pulp Fiction to me. Yeah, that's uh, a good way to describe it. Yeah, thank you. I just came up with that. That was good. I need to coin that. But, you know, I, I, I love it. I, I have no idea. what J- Jacob hasn't said anything, and I just keep saying how much I love it. And I'm, I'm mad that it and Oldboy aren't on I, I list. thought it was okay. I, you know, I, I don't think I like it as much as you all did. Clearly. It, just because <laughs> it was so strictly black and white when you throw in the colors, uh, it was just a little too artsy for me. Really? I thought it was beautiful. Um, but it, I, I I'm was guessing beautiful. that's probably how the comic book was, so that's fine. It was interesting. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Well, and that was the thing. That was another thing I um, loved about it. So I, I, much, I, how I think that's kind of cool. But it's been a while since I've seen it. To be honest, but I, I, I thought it was okay. The sequel wasn't any good. Unfortunately, was, I was. I was pumped about the sequel. There was like two interesting things in that whole. Well, yeah, and the sequel. first one, you know, you had all the different stories, and they were all interesting. The second one, really, just Eva Green's. Yeah, story that was, was the only was one that was pretty interesting. interesting. And that was it. And Marv was so great in the first one. They kind of, I don't know, it, he wasn't as interesting in no. the second one. The second one was kind of a little bit of a disaster. But the first one was really, really good. That's a good choice. There you go. That is Pulp Fiction's top five favorite comic book movies. Do you all want to do time. any honorable mentions? Oh, yes. I sure. There's some others. I, would, I, want to, I want to talk about honorable mentions, and I want to talk about movies I didn't realize were comic book movies. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a couple of honorable mentions I had. I, I really wanted to put Hellboy. It mm. didn't matter if it's one or two. I wanted to put. Yeah, I was surprised there. that didn't make your list. I I, so I, I. I I thought about it and um, it just came down to Superman two and nostalgia and being a kid watching it versus yeah. Yeah. you know I yep. really like the style of, of Guillermo del Toro, uh, his movies. Oh yeah, they're so and um, you know things like Pan's Labyrinth and he's just so creative and mm-hmm. he's a perfect director to do the style of a movie. And Ron Perlman's a perfect cast. Yeah. I mean, like, if if you could say uh, Hugh Jackman's, like, the perfect cast for Wolverine, then Ron Perlman is definitely it for Hellboy. And it's a very fun, super sci-fi style movie. Um, I, I, I thought it was great. Uh, another one. Uh, and only because it followed the graphic novel so close outside of the ending. And I can't put that on Zack Snyder, but Watchmen. It's so slow. It was. Um, it was I was really disappointed. Slow. So slow, but it really does follow that. Did you, have you all read the book? No. Uh-uh. It follows it almost shot for shot. I mean, he, Zack Snyder did a pretty good job of transferring it over. It just turns out that it, because it was a slow read too, I mean, right. for a comic book, um, it just didn't transfer over well, but I thought it was really pretty. Um, and I generally don't like Zack Snyder movies, but Me I neither. good with that one. The opening sequence... Um, with the John, with the Bob Dylan um, music, yeah, uh, that was really really. Rorschach cool. was really the only character I even right. cared for Rorschach. in the movie. Yeah. Like I was really pretty disinterested in everyone else besides Rorschach. I believe that also has Carla, Bugino, Drugino. I don't know how to say her name. Rorschach. <laughs> I thought that was a. Uh, no, no, no. She's no. also in it. Oh, okay. I was going to say. I was like, no, that no, was no. definitely Homeboy from Little Children, <laughs> the little uh, Bad News Bear kid. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, X Men First Earl Class Hurley. would have done it. I had I had Batman and I also had Iron Man written down. So oh, and I forgot it was a I forgot it was a comic book movie, but Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, I would have loved yep. to put that on this Me list, too. but I kind of kind of just couldn't. Mainly because I forgot, but I love Scott. Yeah, me I too. love it, but it, it just wasn't quite. When you're talking top five, it just isn't sure. in that range. Uh, mine, uh, I told you how much I want to put Sin City. It was originally my number three, but it got bumped out. Old Boys, agonizing now that I know it was, should have <laughs> been on there. X Men First Class, Guardians of the Galaxy, and The Avengers, which 
all three of those were on one of your lists. All those were my next line, but also special mentions to The Mask. Uh, I knew that Jim was going to be on your list. The Jim Carrey movie. I wrote it yeah. down just uh, because of you. I really love The Mask back so in the obnoxious, day. But yeah, but it's back fun. in the day, it was a big yeah. deal. Men in Black was based on a comic book movie, so just a special shout out to it because I enjoyed it. Yeah, the first one was fun. Yeah, and then uh, Tales from the Crypt, which I didn't realize was based on a comic book, but I should have. And then Iron Man also, the first Iron Man was fun. The the sequels all have sucked even more in succession, but the original was great. Yep. Iron Man was also on my honorable mentions. Guardians of the Galaxy was as well. I didn't know this. And I considered it, but I just couldn't. Blue is the Warmest Color was based on a comic book. Did you really? Know that? No it's way. So weird. So I, just, I really I need didn't... to read that comic book or <laughs> all, look at the pictures. All the lesbian <laughs> action you know in blue? there. Yeah. I do now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought that's what it was. Yeah. And yes, I know you're talking uh, about. Yeah, I really liked the movie, but yeah, I didn't know it was based on a comic yeah, book. But so I wrote it down. Uh, Snowpiercer. Right Oh, I like yeah. really based on a comic book. Uh, I didn't like that movie, but you know. I liked it quite a bit. Just so it, was, it was interesting. I never seen it was interesting. Like it, exactly, it was something different. Sometimes and it was a little bit much for me. I can I can totally see that. I liked it because I think I was at that point getting too saturated with oh we're gonna remake this and we're gonna remake that oh, and, we're yeah. gonna do, and yeah. I was just getting so sick of every announcement was they're gonna remake something that was already done and I watched Snowpiercer and I was like this is something I've never seen before yeah, I love Snowpiercer uh, and I liked it a lot Weird Science what that was it, okay it's, my list, it's cheap I have it's to cheap, redo my though. whole list it's super cheap because it was like there was a comic book so- series called Weird Science but there was one particular issue that addressed making a girl so it's not well, like there was an entire comic book series of this weird uh, science thing. Okay, well it was based on one one comic book. If it counts, though, I'm going to have to redo my whole list. Uh, I got a new number one. It's worth mentioning. <laughs> and also, my last one, I love the crap out of this movie when I was a kid, Red Sonja. Boom. <laughs> I've never even heard of Red Sonja. Drop the Red Sonja bomb. It was a Conan the Barbarian sequel spinoff oh. based on... With a girl. Yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome. And it was Grace Jones. Wasn't Grace Jones Red Sonja? No, she was one of the other characters. I can't remember. I know that I had a red plastic sword and I was like, yeah, I'm Red Sonja. <laughs> ran around hitting people with it. A couple movies I want to give shout outs to. They, they wouldn't really come close to my top ten even, but uh, I still, you know, still liked them. Well, that's not true. The Incredibles, I, I thought about putting in my list as well, but yeah. you know, it's not really a comic book movie, but right. it's a definitely, com- uh, you know, superhero, superhero, but, yeah, no, which I think yeah. would have, could have easily qualified for this list too. Right. But I just decided to leave it off. There's Unbreakable, which was okay. Uh, a History of Violence is apparently based yeah. on the. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. I love that movie. Road to Perdition is apparently. Yeah, based I, on. Do I, I do that. remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, I really liked American Splendor. So um, did I. All and then movie. Constantine is a pretty good movie. Yeah, that was a decent um, movie. So, those are the ones I just wanted to bring up. But. Yeah, I didn't know that about History of Violence. It's interesting. All right, there you go. That is the comic book episode of Pulp Fiction. Be sure to tune in next week when we review the Judd Apatow directed and Amy Schumer written and starring Trainwreck. Thank you for tuning in this week. See you next week on Pulp Fiction.